No network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. And tonight, so far, no Jeff Ritzman yet. We're waiting for him to call in. Uh, but with me, it's, if that is, uh, that's good. It's Christmas party. Uh, it's Christmas party vibe. As we build this, this is a Paratopia Christmas party. Because uh, I've, I've gone through the trouble of, of getting uh, Jeff Ritzman, who should be here soon, and Jeremy Vaney back together uh, here on Banal of America Audio because... Uh, you know, their fans miss them, and I always loved doing these uh, trifecta conversations. So I figured, hey, final season, some of the best times we've had on the show were, uh, and, and off the air, really, the three of us sort of laughing and and, uh, and digging into this shit together. So it was like, let's let's get, and I obviously knew I was going to have you guys on for the final season, so it was like, ah, uh, all the elements have come together here. Let's do, let's do a show here and... Uh, I can get away with telling people it's a gift for the holidays, which is good. I know Vanny will appreciate that. <laughs> like Tofurky. Exactly, like Tofurky. Uh, so with me here right now is Jeremy Vaney. Uh, thanks thanks for doing, you know, thanks for being a part of us. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for all the years of laughter and fun. And, uh, you know, here's to many more. And uh, Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Christmas party. Well, thank you, and thanks for inviting me on. I, I didn't realize that uh, that my phone was was on as your uh, theme was was running, uh, so I was yelling at, at a cat to shut up. His name is Elvis. Just oh, <laughs> I thought you said like Elvis. Elvis sucks or something. I was like, what is he? <laughs> I said Elvis. What is shut he up. saying? Oh, uh, so yeah, it was close with not the El- actual Elvis. Elvis. Yeah. So just so people know, because uh-huh. I know this is a paranormal show, and he was alive like at least well into the '80s. This is not that Elvis. This is a cat. No. Hello. Is this thing on? Yeah, it's not the Elvis. No, no, no. We're good. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm sending. Me- I'm sending messages to Jeff. I'm trying to. Uh, oh. Trying to let him know we're I'll, all, I'll we're, just, we're uh, on the air here. Just I'll keep talking. So wait a minute now. Let's talk about this. You got married. Yes. You got married. Oh yeah. Uh, I, you you know, you that? said it on you said it on Facebook, so it's legal. Uh, so you, what, what is uh, what's the story with that? Congratulations. Uh, thank you. When a man really loves a woman, uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, well, we Carol and I legally got married through a friend, 
So it was just the three of us doing a little private ceremony on the beach. Uh, and then late next year, um, we'll do an official Hawaiian ceremony and invite friends and family, you among them. So come on out. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I'm thinking about making the trip. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, Jeff might actually step foot on a plane, but I don't I, I have a hard time believing does he, not fly? he can't even show up for this. So I don't know. Uh no, I, know, I think I don't he, know. he does not like to fly. <laughs> All right. Has now have you noticed without getting into the nitty gritty and the uh and, and the sticky icky, have you noticed anything distinctly different about sort of being married? Because, you know, you and I have had many long conversations to the delight of uh, the people we call the Muppets from the Good, from the good Parade family, you know, who, uh, right. who, who are intimately familiar with your life. Actually, your, current, your, wife, your wife was a Good Parade listener, so you married a Muppet. Um, That's right. Lucky which her. is what – yeah. Um, so have you noticed a difference? And, 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 you know, because they say, oh, it's just a piece of paper, but is it just a piece of paper, Vanny? Enlighten me. I, you know, I don't know if anyone will ever marry my ass. Uh, probably not your ass, but the rest of you maybe. Um, it is more than a piece of paper. Oh. I actually thought, um, you know, I never pictured myself married. Uh, probably when I was a little kid I did, but my adult life I never thought I would ever get married. And, um and then when and then when I pictured it, you know, you always hear horror stories. Uh, but no, it's actually great. Uh, there is a slight difference. It, it's like there's the security that, that that person really does love you and really is in it for you and you for her. You know what I mean? Like there's no, I mean that's kind of the ultimate thing that two people can do to proclaim their their love and commitment to each other. So that is nice. It's like any insecurities I might have had are out the door. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's unconditional love. So you're like, all right, well, I can I can do all kinds of things uh, now, you know. That she she loves me despite well, you know, <laughs> despite of all my flaws, all far. my many flaws. Sure, but yeah, I, I don't yeah. think I could get away yeah. with anything. God knows I'd try. Yeah, you know what no. I mean. Within reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen enough sitcoms <laughs> to know that. All right, here he is. Here he is, folks. <laughs> Jeff Ritzman, are you with us? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. <laughs> nice. Hi, Jeff. We got... Hey, Jer. <laughs> that went well. Oh, God, yeah. I, I, well, we had Vaney enlightening us to life as a married man, so uh, I don't know yeah, if you're that, right. that, oh, yeah. let's, cut, let's cut to many years later. Jeff, how do you like marriage? How does it go from here? Because I'm in the love phase. What What happens... Take us through uh, what happens next. I think, uh, uh, well, first you'll enter the doldrum stage. Um, <laughs> oh, doldrums. <laughs> and then it, and then it will be. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess you could call it kind of a, uh, uh, kind of a, a patient, uh, a patient longing. In other words, a longing for what it used to be. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> and then Jesus. somewhere along the line. Wow. It just it just becomes rude now. I tease, of course. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's fine all the way around. I mean, you know, uh, if you're with the right person, it's it's uh, it's pretty much like like it is all the time. I mean, I I've been married to Lisa for 25 years now, and uh, uh, 
you know, you have your ups and downs, certainly, but uh, uh, for the most part, uh, we, uh, I, I'm pretty, well, I can only speak to me, of course. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're pretty much the same as we've always been, you know? You know, it's it's neat when you're uh, when you it's neat when you marry your best friend. That's kind of the way I look at it. All right, For nice. Sure. All right. Well, like I was saying, I said to Vanny when we started here because uh, we the introduction got a little thrown off because uh, yeah, you guys weren't together. So I really appreciate you coming on. I had to really uh, I really didn't have to hassle you guys. I kind of did, I guess, because I really wanted to do this. I didn't want to like let the time get away from me. And as I said to Vanny. <laughs> Uh, as you know, Jeff, I'm wrapping up this season here in the seasonal format of the show, and God knows when I'll come back, and yada, yada. And it's like I said, I said to Vania, I'm in about like April of senior year at this point, you know? So it's like I could easily yeah. <laughs> uh, turn around and, and I'll be like, shit, I forgot to get those guys on the fucking final season. So, yeah. you know how it is. I do. But it's funny because, like, thinking about it, we're like the old men of, uh, you know, of this pocket. I remember when we were all kind of running around at the beginning of this, and uh, it's like, geez, the landscape's changed an awful lot. But it, sometimes it hasn't, but at the same time, it's like, you used to know all the different shows. Now it's like, I couldn't even fucking tell you all the different shows that are out there. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, it's exploded, has it not? I mean, you know. I, but I, I get a sense that, uh, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like uh, these podcasts were everybody was sort of friendly to each other, and then for a while people were at each other's throats, and now it looks like people are friendly again. Is that right? Uh, I guess, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think they're all friendly with, you know, I don't think it's friendly across the board. <laughs> I'll put it to you that way. Huh. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know that. There's I know still, that there's there are still, certain, you know. Yeah, there's still animosity out there for you know for for those who want it, and uh, and there's always somebody looking for it. So, um, but I, I maybe it's a lot more. I think it's a lot more. Uh, you help us, we'll help you type thing. Uh, yeah, I'd say like. And, a and what does that mean? Spirit. What does that mean in in the realm of paranormal podcasting? You know, just going on each other's shows, it's just a circle jerk, right? I mean, you're not really helping. Anything. That's correct. Yeah. Hence, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's uh, that's that's exactly it. I mean, it uh, you wind up running this circular thing of uh, of people that Same you people. know, and I'm 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 really I'm I'm shocked as hell that that um, that Tim has been able to keep his show, and he's the only one that I know that has has been able to keep his show um, interesting and, and edgy and, and always something new to talk about, even with old guests. You know, I I would not be able to do that. You know, I'm running out of steam now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I appreciate I appreciate the compliment, but I've tried, yeah. Well, like, not to, not to diminish uh, the conversations, uh, but to what Vaney's asking – Sort of like the classic thing I used to joke with uh, you guys about. You know, when you when they a lot of people recycle all the same people all the time. It's, you kind of need to fill the weeks in. All you know, you need the fill-in guests. You need, uh, you need so you can pick up the phone and call somebody and be like, "Come on the show," you know. Even though I had yeah. you on like two weeks ago. Right. 
again, that's not to diminish the conversations, but at the same time, it's like, I think that's a lot of why it's hard to go out and find people to be on these shows. Believe it or not. I mean, good people. It's, yeah. It's not hard yeah, to find it definitely is. lunatics. It, it definitely is. <laughs> I mean, when I was doing uh, uh, Waypoint over on uh, that that network there, um, that was that was my job for about maybe the first year, and then the other maybe eight to ten months after that, it was uh, it was a, a lady named Michelle Thomas. She took care of booking guests for me, and and it was a huge let off. But uh, you know, um, it, it was kind of good. It was kind of a good thing to do at the time because I only kind of you know you get into ufology or the paranormal, and you kind of like you know your circles and you know who you want to have on. Uh, but there's a lot of people that yeah. maybe you don't know about that somebody else does, and so they have a kind of a fresh take on who you might like to talk to. And that worked out really well for us for for the short bit that she that she was helping out, and uh, and and so that that helped some. But after a while, I mean, it just becomes that same, like Jeremy says, it's kind of a circle jerk. It's just like what what at what point do you just um, say I I don't know what else to ask and who to ask it to. <laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah. It's also like I find sometimes that you, or me at least, is sort of like I get on one thing and it's like I, I don't necessarily have – it's like I I just want to talk about it and I end up imposing it on the guests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's like I can't think of a, of a good example where I'll get some idea in my head and I'll be like, what do you think of this? And I'll, I've been talking about this a lot on the show and it's like clearly I just want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> so I'm foisting it on – on yeah, I don't even know whoever's on the show, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a lot of you pick up on a lot of little things as you do these things for a long time. Uh, oh yeah. Now I guess we, since I kind of build this as like a, a forced reunion on my part, um, I checked. Now you guys haven't done a show. You brought back the show for a while, uh, sort of on a banal like schedule, uh, sporadic, and sort of when you felt like it. So what, it looked like you haven't yeah. done one since last year. My Right around, yeah. Last, I was going to joke. The last time the three of us were on a show together, the world was about to burn down. It was right at the, uh, the end of our election night <laughs> special. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Which is crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, everyone here, the three of us tra- traumatized, like in the midst of a, in the midst of a, literally in the midst of a trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that twenty-minute conversation was. Literally, I remember saying, "I'm like, what are you gonna do tomorrow when you wake up, Jeff? I don't know, I don't know, right. I don't know what world we live in anymore." It was like that. Yeah. That's serious, folks. I still don't. Oh man, I still don't. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Although Luckily, I will say, we let's go ahead, man. Maybe, uh, maybe we can release it for free at some point because it's probably so old it's worthless, but Jeff and I did record an episode. It was probably last year at this point. I don't know. It was many, many, many months ago uh, that we never, we just never released. So I don't know. Maybe we can put that out or something. Just here you go. Yeah. Or try to make money off it. Either way. (laughs) Well, I mean, I mean, really, uh, you know, I don't see, I don't see any reason why not, of course, to put that one up. Uh, that's been my own lackadaisical uh, ways these days to doing that. Um, uh, just because I think for the past probably close to a year now, 
Um, got to be honest, I just kind of been trying to to uh, I don't know. I no, I don't want to say distance myself, but kind of you know dial it back. Um, I guess is the best way to put it. Just to kind of dial back any kind of um, super public speaking stuff. I guess is the way to put it. I don't I don't know how else to say it other than I've been trying to kind of kind of get back to some things that I've ignored for probably 20 years. And um uh and and so a lot of this stuff's been put on the back burner. I haven't written in my blog by the way in like 3 months or 4 months now. Um and that was really chugging along pretty good, but you know, I turned 50 yeah, and like it was like blog, yeah. yeah, and um and so, you know, I turned 50, and, and at that point it was kind of like, well, I'm 50 now. Uh, <laughs> hey, you ever going to do those art pieces you were talking about? You ever going to do that? You ever going to start painting again? You ever going to start – like there's all these things that I kind of <laughs> put on the put on the back burner, you know? And uh, um, at a certain point it's like, you know, either fucking do it or, or don't. But don't sit around crying about it when you don't have time anymore. Um and so I stopped writing the blog, and um, uh, you know, and I, 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 Aaron, Aaron Parker, and I were working on a book together, and I kind of, uh, I, I didn't put it on hold, but I, I'm rewriting a lot of stuff that we went over, and, um, and, and now even that has, I haven't even been doing that lately, uh, so that's kind of like in a holding pattern of sorts. So I'm sure it's cyclical. I'm sure it'll come back around, but. You know, for me, it's just been um, other things uh, that I decide, you know, hey, it's high time I start doing these things and, and stop, um, uh, I don't know, stop stop fooling around quite so much with, with this stuff, <laughs> if, if that's any kind of answer for you. Are you still doing the camera? No, nah, it makes perfect. What's that? Uh, no, I, I, stopped, um, I stopped Project Oculus probably – four months ago or five months ago um, for the simple sake that we uh, we had fallen into a routine of even non-routine with them uh, in that they were on a schedule and um, uh, and either Lisa or Cody or I would kind of set when they would come on. Like we would vary it by maybe an hour or two um, so that nobody really knew when they were coming on. Um and uh and it was always it was always mostly after we were asleep uh but even that kind of thing got to be routine i think the only way that you would be able to effectively do that and see some kind of result from it um is to to do what i think we were doing in the very beginning which is that they just run all the time except when we were home and doing things in the house and we didn't want to be bothered um, so we would run them while we were at work. We'd come home. We'd turn them off. We'd turn them back on when we went to bed. Um, and that got modest results. Um, and, you know, and we captured maybe three interesting or four interesting things. Um, but after a while, it just – there ceased to be anything going on here. And I knew immediately that that was just from the simple sake of there's cameras in the house, and those cameras are now part of our daily routine. <laughs> So they had kind of an opposite effect, but nonetheless, an effect that was uh, that was discernible by everybody who lives here. Um, so, and again, at some point, yeah, I'm going to pop those back on. Um, 
but it may be sporadic. Uh, it, it may not be. It may be the kind of thing where I leave them on all the time um, and say privacy to the wind. <laughs> you know? but, um, but, yeah, that's been, that's been on hold for probably four months or so. Now, these were cameras you had, like, in your house that people could watch for odd activity? Uh, yeah, we have four of them. Yeah, we had four cameras set up that were live cams plugged into, um, you know, the, the internet backbone, and uh, and they streamed to a site um, where donors and supporters of the project basically could watch at appointed times every night. They'd usually come on around one thirty, two o'clock, sometimes two thirty, three o'clock, and run until daybreak. Um, and then oh, wow. there were times where I would sporadically turn them on during the daytime uh, and just let them run. And, uh, and then anybody who was watching could um, either tell me when they saw something, but everything was fully monitored um, and saved. So we had tapes or essentially like a server running um, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week that was recording all the footage from all four cameras Round the clock. Um, oh wow! So uh, you know that that will that runs into some money, and um, and luckily I had one donor uh, who uh, Chuck Gearhart was a uh, a really dear friend of mine from. I mean, I met him way back in the early '80s, uh, or I'm sorry, the late '80s, early '90s, um, and uh, you know he he donated quite a bit of money to fund those cameras being monitored. And um, uh, and so that was what paid for a lot of that stuff. So it's it's a little costly, but um, you know, at some point, I'm just going to bite the bullet and try it again. Um, but tomorrow night, uh, this was going to happen tonight. Only I I had to be on on your program tonight, Tim. Uh, but oh. um, my uh, <clears throat> my father-in-law. Um, uh, passed away uh, a little over a year ago, and his house has been for sale. Um, I would say it was only on the market for a week, and it sold. But it's been kind of in that in that between time of you know closing to be somebody else's house and being packed up from being you know the the girls who inherited it their their house, and um, uh, and and Lisa and Cody went down last night to pick up a lamp um, that was pretty much the last piece of furniture in the house. <clears throat> and um, and Lisa came back and she said, we have to talk. And I said, what's going on? And she said, uh, you know, Cody was really freaked out at dad's and said that uh, there was something there and it wasn't good. And so uh, uh, I didn't get a lot of explanation about it, uh, but then she told me she went to her sister's house to pick up some paperwork and uh and her sister uh in other words Lisa's nephew uh had lived in the house after dad passed away he had lived there for about 6 months or so and um and he said he couldn't stay there because he felt like there was something bad in the house he would hear noises he said it started in the basement and worked its way up um, he said people walking in the house, uh, doors slamming, doors shutting and locking, um, all that sort of thing. And uh, Cody said to me just privately last night, he said, Dad, it's extraordinarily palpable. You can really tell 
that somebody's there. And he said, you know. Have you been um, over there? Like, obviously, you haven't been over there since all this. Uh, uh, yeah, this I mean, we, we basically, <clears throat> we, um, well, the girls, uh, Lisa has three sisters, so they pretty much went over and, uh, you know, after, after, you know, dad was buried and the funeral was had and all of that, um, they it was about three months where they didn't do anything with it. And then there was, you know, all the, all the, um, the donating of clothes and the selling of furniture and the estate sales and all that sort of stuff. And then they started to fix up the house. So they started to paint and they started to repair walls and they started to do yard work and cutting down trees and all of these things that, you know, a guy who's 80 um, just really can't do that well anymore. Um, and, and, and we would all go over and help him, take care of the house and take care of the lawn, the lawn. But uh, when he was sick, he couldn't do those things. And we were more worried about him than the lawn at the time. So after all of that stuff got done, I really expected the girls to get some kind of creep factor in the process of, of getting the house um, ready to sell. Cause it's in that period of change. It's in that liminal state, but nobody said anything. Um, and now the house is done sold they actually go to close next monday um so it's only going to be uh we're only going to be able to get in there until you know maybe tomorrow night is probably gonna be my last time in the house um so i haven't sensed anything there at all but uh cody when he when he he said dad when i came out i expected somebody to be standing on the porch in the backyard he said, that's how ridiculous it was. Like, you're being watched, and whatever it is, isn't good. And um, and he said, whatever it is, it isn't pop. And I said, well, you know, <laughs> you know, I feel like Yoda sometimes. Hear you nothing that I say, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, it, it's just, it's, it's really, it couldn't be any more liminal than what it is right now. Because it's not exactly the girl's house anymore it's not dad's house anymore but it's also not the people who are buying it it's not their house yet it's very much in that in that limbo stage of closing to signing papers to it being somebody else's house so we're going down tomorrow we're going to take video we're going to take audio and we're going to see what happens you know um i'm i'm very curious (laughs) so i'm going to do that tomorrow night so um, when opportunity prevents it, presents itself, I will go. I will do it. But um, you know, aside from that, all I want to do is fucking paint. <laughs> so <laughs> that's good. Yeah, well, I know what you mean about turning fifty because I'm turning forty in like a year, and I kind of had the same feeling uh, this past January. You know, when it was my birthday. And I turned thirty-eight. I was like, all right, you're gonna be forty in a couple years. Let's fucking let's get fucking serious about this life shit, man. You know, yeah. I don't have much time left. I'm probably, I'm probably at least definitely past the halfway point. So it's like I've spent a decade on this paranormal fucking podcasting shit. So it's time to, time to, do, <laughs> time to make yeah. hay before the fucking sun comes up, man. Yeah. Hey Jeff, that's how it feels. You, yeah. Oh, hey Jeremy, you're not still to be here. A con- not, not, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not to be a conversation killer, but uh, is Tim's line really bad for you? Because Jeff's oh, yeah, line is horrible. perfect, and Tim sounds like he's underwater. So I, I hope you're recording. I hope your line is recording okay, because it's really hard to understand what you're saying. Really? Oh, oh yeah. You're, you're, you're a bu- 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 yeah. All right. Yeah. 
Let me. Uh, what? All right. Let me see. All right. Uh, I'll I'll fucking hold on. Let's try this first. All right. Is that any better? No. Not better. <laughs> Not better. Weird. All right. Let me. Uh, all right. Let me hang up and start getting a fresh connection. Tim, would it be better if I would it be better if I called into a phone line rather than this line, or or is this a phone line? Because I'm actually on my phone. I could not get Skype to work. So you have a, I don't another you number. Everybody, keeps, everybody sounds everybody sounds fine to me. So, uh, huh. yeah. Let me tell you what I'll do. I will. Uh, I'll hang up and try and reconnect with the thing, and maybe that'll work. Okay. okay. All right. Hold on. All right. Hopefully they don't kick you guys off. I think it'd be okay though. So hold on one moment. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Paratopia Live. I'm your That's right. Lady. Hello. With me, as always, is Jeff Rissman. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we finally got rid of him. it all off the fence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Marriage and podcasting. Boy, you guys are really in for a treat tonight. All the topics we're covering. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Ghost. All right, ghost. I'm back. Is that what you're Just... looking for? <laughs> All right. Am I better now? Yes, yes, much better. Perfect. All right. Let me know if it happens again. That was weird. Was it like that the whole time we were going or just to pick up just a minute ago? Uh, for a lot of the time, but I'm not sure. It kicked in at some point. I'm not sure. Weird. All right. All right. Well, uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, essentially, uh, turning turning forty and sort of like being uh, being like taking stock of, of of what I've done and what I want to do, you know. And it's like mm-hmm. investing all this time in in the po- it's been great investing the time in the podcast, and I wouldn't do it any differently. But it's like eventually you want to sort of diversify your life. Yep. All right. What about you, Annie? You just went off and got married. Yeah, I diversified my life. Yeah, I'm asleep. So, do you still follow this? Do you still follow this shit, Jeff, or do you not even follow the UFO world? Because there's not much to follow, really. Do I? Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah. I mean, um, I'm still friends on Facebook with all the same people, so I see it all. Um. You know, but it's like you know when it comes to like, is Tom DeLonge the flavor of the month now? It's like no, I'm I'm kind of already over that. Like, you know, I've seen that already, and it just feels like deja vu. I mean, all this stuff is so, again, everything is so cyclical in this stuff that, um, you know, you just wind up hearing the same things over and over, just repeated, and it comes to the same outcome. So. Um, I mean, I pay I pay attention to it as in as much to know who's saying what about what to whom, you know. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's uh, um, and it and it's interesting seeing seeing things about uh, you know about where where I've been and where Jeremy's been a couple of times in this stuff um, now happening to other people <laughs> that I really enjoy, um, <laughs> and, and, and you know. And and you know, and I don't mean that. Uh, I don't mean that in a joking way, actually. <laughs> uh, 
I, I do. I really, but in a sadistic really, way. Yeah, I guess so in a sadistic way, yeah. Um, uh, you know, seeing – and seeing, you know, luminaries like Isaac Coy say, I'm out, I'm out, I'm leaving, I quit. First of the year, I'm done. And he, here it is a year later, and he's doing all kinds of new stuff. I mean, I don't blame him <laughs> yeah. by any stretch, you know. Um, I don't blame him at all. I this, but that is what it does to you. I mean, yeah. And um, and and getting away from it is insanely hard. Uh, I don't, I don't reckon to ever be, you know, like free of it. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see that in my future. But it's how I divide my time now. You know, it's like there are other things in my life that I think are taking a more front seat and um you know and and i hate to say it but i'm getting a lot more um i feel like i'm getting more forward momentum out of if that makes sense yeah yeah no i know exactly what you mean i think it's like i think there's some kind of scientific thing behind it but it's like when you're learning new shit or engaging yourself in sort of a new or new or re-engaging in an activity it's like it it refires the brain somewhat, you know, mm-hmm. where uh, it, it it releases a shitload of dopamine or whatever. Where you're like, I, I fucking like this. I'm, you know, I'm doing something different, expanding my mind and shit, rather than sort of going through the same routine normally. Yeah, it's a it's it's called accomplishment, and it's something that you really don't find much of in ufology. <laughs> well, that's for sure. Now, they. Uh, I want to ask you, and, and cut me off if my thing starts cracking up again, because uh, otherwise I'll, I'll, I'm just going to keep going as normal. Um, I want to ask you. I asked you ahead of time, Vanny. Uh, I asked you both, but uh, I think I, I think I, I think the question. I think Jeff was like, I don't even want to fucking deal with that. So, but you were like, I have a lot of opinions. So we'll start with you. Um, this, I thought about you guys a lot lately uh, because of this. Um, because of this. Uh, sex scandal, whatever you want to call it, wave in uh, Hollywood and politics and in the world, you know, it's like there's this serious uh, Me Too campaign, this backlash, uh, you know, I don't know what else to call it. It's it's just, uh, it's crazy, you know, it's just, it's remarkable really in a lot of ways. Um, but what, to connect it to you guys is it's like this whole Emma Woods thing, if this if this came out like now, I think I think there would be serious repercussions. I think a lot of the frustration I know for you guys and, and certainly for me as well was like no one was fucking listening. No one fucking listened. It's like I can I hear these women and no way like do I understand what they went through or anything like that, but it's like you hear them say no one listened and it's like, "Hey, I know a situation where that happened." Like, I know exactly of a situation where that happened, where no one fucking listened except for, like, a few people, and they couldn't do anything about it, you know, except except try and tell people. Um, so, I mean, in a sense, it's, like, maddening to see, because it's like you wish that someone would pay fucking attention to this story that's now been out there for, I don't know, probably close to a decade, right? It's been a long time since the Emma Woods thing broke. So, I guess, I mean, what do you think of this? Have you tried to, like... Sound the alarm, or I mean, I feel like you should just be emailing to fucking like New York Times and shit to be like, hey, have you seen this fucking story? You know, it's got an alien abductee and a fucking chastity belt and a fucking guy who teaches at Temple University. Like, this is everything that the me the media should want right now. Um, so I guess I don't know. I, I I just threw a lot out there, but what do you 
what's your take on this, Vaney? Have you have you sort of seen the, the eerie, you know, similarities and differences here between what's going on in society and what happened with Emma Woods? Yeah, to me, it's another example of how uh, the UFO phenomena is is always a few years ahead of us, <laughs> except in this case, unfortunately, <laughs> the researcher. Uh, but no, I I um, I see it, and I and I get that point of view. And I and I saw Jack Brewer had posted something on Twitter about it too. Hey, ufology, how about dealing with Emma Woods now that you know everyone else is dealing with these sorts of things? Um, I think it's not exactly the same. And I think um, I, honestly, I think if you went to 60 Minutes at this point, no one would care. David Jacobs is no longer a professor at Temple. Uh, it happened years ago. There aren't a ton of people coming forward um, because, you know, probably they saw what happened to her and were like, eh, forget about it. I mean, I do find it interesting that in uh, that, that we're seeing this happen, the Me Too campaign, and yet there's nobody brave enough in ufology, um, for instance, Peter Robbins, your buddy Peter Robbins, you know, yeah, isn't he still defending Bud Hopkins and David Jacobs? Um, he couldn't, <laughs> and he's an actor. That's funny. Uh, but so uh, people like him who could come forward and be like, you know what? I, I see this, and I want to change my vote. Uh, I want to do the right thing. But there's no impetus to do that because unlike Hollywood and unlike politics, um, the thing about hypnosis and um, Jacobs and Hopkins as Jeff has noted, so much of the industry, the cottage industry and of the mythology of all this alien abduction stuff is built on hypnosis and specifically built on the backs of um, those two people. So uh, are they really going to, uh, you know, kill that gravy train uh, to do the right thing now? I, I just don't see it. Yeah, and also abductions are like such a fucking afterthought. You know, it's, I mean, it, for as, as well, unfortunate see, oh, as the other a, point, now that you say that, wait, let me interrupt you, because now that you say that, yeah, I, I haven't even made this connection, but I mean, think of if, if like professional wrestlers came forward and, or, or porn actresses where like, I was sexually harassed, would be like, well, no kidding. Look at, look at right, who you right. hang out with. Look at the industry you're in. Would it be the same thing where you'd be like, well, duh, you're a crazy person who's getting hypnosis from a history teacher who thinks that hybrids secretly are taking over the world. Of course this is happening to you, moron. Like, wouldn't that be the mainstream <laughs> answer to this? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I was going to say, when you said, like, it, there's not a lot of women who come forward, it's like, yeah, because you, you'd also have to first be like, okay, I want first I'm an alien abductee, but that's not why I'm here to talk to you. So, and then immediately you're already fucking, you know, you're, you know the, the horse is out of the carriage or whatever. You know, it's like they're, they're like, all right, get the fuck away from me. Um, yeah. Well, and it the seems other like no one gets the fuck Emma Woods, oh, God. Emma Woods is, is a woman, obviously, but, uh, you know, the hypnosis thing is affecting men and women. You know, he was drawing – I mean, we had talked to Brian Reed on, on the show. You know, Jacobs is drawing in men to his fantasy world, too. So it's even – it's not exactly a sexual thing, even though there's the chastity belt and all that stuff. I mean, I guess essentially the sexual stuff isn't about sexual stuff, right? It's all about power and control and whatever psychological yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's actually about – so in that sense. But 
I mean, I wouldn't say that this is specifically sexual, even though it has those elements to it. So I don't know. Right, right. But in a sense, it's like how sexual, I mean, it is sexual in a sense, but it's like how sexual was like what Louis C.K. was doing or whatever. It's like it's all, it's all about power and shit. So, right. yeah. But I can see what you're saying in a sense, because it's like it's a, it is, I think there were other people beyond Emma Woods, but not too many. So it really does kind of boil down to a very he said, she said uh, situation. And then also, uh, you know, that both parties I mean, I are. I find the hypnosis thing more annoying, you know. I, I find that more grating. Um, and, the, you know, God knows, you know, I do this show called The Experience, and I do it on Whitley Strieber's Unknown Country. And I love Whitley, but, you know, he'll still have on a hypnotist now and then, <laughs> you know. And it's like he knows my position. He basically agrees to an extent, and yet here, here come these hypnotists. Or I just interviewed a guest who, you know, said to me, now I know you, you don't like hypnosis, but here are my experiences that came from self-hypnosis of reincarnation uh, memories. And it's like, why are you telling me that you know that I don't, like or promote hypnosis and now you're going to tell me your experiences about that like why would you do yeah, that it's you know, there's just it, it's it's odd to me that this hasn't caught on uh especially to people who want this to be taken seriously by science right and by the mainstream so if science says as it does that hypnosis is not a good memory retrieval tool it's good for behavior modification then why aren't they just course correcting and going oh okay well, we've got to look at uh, other ways to do this. Why isn't who looking at it? You a- Alien uh, experiencers or whatever? Experiencers and researchers. Why oh, because they... Why do hypnotists exist in this bill? Because I think a lot of the people are they're, they're starting with an answer and working backwards. So it's like if... And they think that they can get the best... They, they, they Based on the past, they know that they can get the confirmation for their answer via hypnosis, even though it's flawed. Hmm. I don't know. And at this point, does it matter? Because now all the hypnosis books have been written. We know what the storylines are. We know what the narratives are. It's like Roswell. After a while, you can only hear this happened or this is happening without any evidence at all <laughs> before you're just like, well, who cares? You yeah, know? I think. And, oh, you know, hybrids definitely... are taking over the world, but they haven't. Well, who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yes, that's you hit the nail on that. That's what I was just, maybe Jeff can can chime in here, where it's like, I know just from my experience, and and I'm sure from yours, Jeremy. It's like I look back. I mean, I I got into this in like 20, 2003, so, so we're talking like almost fifteen years. It's like nothing has like fundamentally fucking changed. You know what I mean? I know, Jeff, you've been mixed up in this, like, I want to say since, like, the 80s, but definitely since the 90s. So it's like you're talking 20, 30 years now. So it's like when you yeah. look at it that way, it's like, yeah, it's like, like, to any sense, like, okay, the hybrids, they're, they're taking over the planet. It's like, well, by the time they finish the fucking job, I'm, I'm going to be gone, man. I'm going to spend my whole life worrying about the fucking hybrids <laughs> taking over the planet. They're going to reveal yeah. themselves when I'm 70. I'll have a heart attack and die. And it's like, boy, that was a yeah. huge waste of fucking time worrying about the hybrids. So, well, you know, the, I, the I, I don't know is, what point I'm trying I mean, to make, but I think you know what I mean. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, as as to Jeremy's questions about about why why aren't 
they asking different questions? Why aren't researchers and experiencers both kind of taking what they know now about hypnosis and all of that? Why aren't they taking that and, and going in a different way? And, um, and I wrote a thing for the blog a while back about uh, charisma and, uh, and kind of how this, this works in this field. And, and I think I might have touched on it a little bit about the whole Emma Woods things. But uh, Hopkins and Jacobs in particular, in my mind at least, uh, Jacobs uh, less so than, than Hopkins, these are very charismatic guys. And so when – when uh, you know when Jacobs was talking to these two experiencers, because there is Elizabeth who was part of that that triangle at the time. Um, you know when you've got all those things in play, and he's he's the charismatic authority, he's the leader, he's the guy that they're both clamoring to. Um, you know that helps to facilitate that whole adult Dungeons and Dragons type of scenario where, you know, he gets so into his own head and he gets so into his own theories uh, that they become real for him, even though he knows in his, in his, uh, you know, in his inner circumlocution that this is not real. He knows this isn't real, but they're all kind of playing this game. Um, And, and in the process of that, um, the way that usually ends or how it ends is that reality tends to creep up in these things, you know, um, you know, back when Linda Corta was talking about being abducted, um, you know, by, by human people, uh, you know, George Hansen went to, to Bud and, and to a couple other researchers that were working on this and said, well, you know, this is attempted murder. We have to call the police. And oh no, we can't do that. We, we mustn't do that. Um, and so that that right there was the breakdown of the uh, of the fantasy scenario. When real world intrusions creep into that, it kind of wakes these people up. They snap immediately out of it. Um, and you know, looking over the whole scope of the Emma Woods thing, that's very much what I saw. Now, try here's the other part that that I think. Um, I think got missed is that the, the the charisma coupled into that Dungeons and Dragons, that fantasy role play thing, when that begins to happen, guess what? The people who follow the work of that charismatic leader, they also fall into that. And so the reason that they're not picking up on it and saying this is wrong, this can't be happening is because that level of reality has not impeded into their in, into their scenario, into their, you know, the structure that they've built up in their own heads for how this works. Um, and at some point it will, at, in some, at some point, uh, you know, a shocking reality will hit people um, that may intrude into some other part of their life. Um, but often it doesn't. And, and the bad part is, is that that fantasy or that, that, that strange schism kind of gets aggressively defended more times than not. Uh, and that's what I see happening. That's, that's kind of why I just kind of ebbed away from that because, you know, you can only do so much. And I felt like we had done everything humanly possible um, that Jeremy and I could help to do. And so at a certain point I have to say, okay, well, there it is. It's tabled for me. And, um, and there really isn't, really isn't much more that we can say or do here. 
um, because it's not only it's not only that that Jacobs and Hopkins and all of their ilk are protecting this this weird schism that they think is some kind of research, um, but that the people out there who have subscribed to it and built theories upon it, they're also defending it because they have something to defend, which is their work built atop it. So, like I said, there's only so much you're going to be able to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's add one more. Can I add one more thing to it that I've just you know noticed since Trump, which is shockingly, for people who claim to you know be looking for the truth beyond the mainstream and not be suckered in by things, there are an awful lot of people in ufology who are Trump supporters and who yeah. are just you know have revealed themselves to be batshit crazy. And so let's not forget that there's a large contingent of batshit crazy and quote-unquote investigating these things. And so, you know, maybe you're just doomed to fail (laughs) from that perspective, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know what motivates... I mean, a lot of them were... I think they just... The whole thing's a fucking mess. I mean, the, the... I find myself – I mean, look, I just like I, – I hate Trump, I guess, so I can't really say that. But it's like the people that, like, hate Hillary Clinton with the vehemence of, like, that still are still, like <laughs> – who are still like, but what about Hillary? When it's like, dude, the fucking election was a year ago. No one gives a fuck about, like, <laughs> you going to hound this woman until she dies? Like, what is – yes, is the answer. They plan to. But to me, it's like – I just think the – I think I could see a, a, a motivation in a sense where it's like people are getting older and they have fucking they just want to blow shit up. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a, a sense of dismay. Some of them. Well, then admit it. You know, <laughs> you know, just say it. Uh, oh, that's the problem. That I mean, isn't a criminal billionaire who wants to destroy us all. I mean, can we stop pretending that? Can we stop pretending that we're not racist, misogynistic, blah blah blah? Go down the list homophobic, xenophobic, when we support a guy and and uh, benefit from the policies of a man uh, who is. So by proxy, his supporters are. You know, I mean, well, again, you know, we, we can have this conversation politically, but in terms of ufology, these are people who claim to not believe the government. They claim to be above it all, and they know the truth, and it's there, and yada, yada. And then you see, you see what they fall for. You know, when it's like Trump, Greer, Jacobs, yeah. go down the list. Like, these are the these are the purveyors of truth. They're going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I you know I think a lot of people I do think a lot of people and and I'm sure they're listening. Oh, some of them, most of them probably stopped listening a long time ago because uh, I'm not too I don't hold my tongue when it comes to this shit. But I think. Uh, I think there's a fucked up weird contingent of people who genuinely believe that, like, they're – that – and now don't laugh too much, as crazy as it sounds, that, like, Trump and his and his cohorts are, like, overthrowing the New World Order. It's like, you know, I read these conspiracy forums and shit, and it's like, what fucking world do you live in, dude? Like, this is not, like, an overthrow of the New World Order going on. Like, this is just, like – I don't know. I don't know what the fuck by it is. But if it's like by destroying some, the Environmental Protection Agency, is that, is that right? Right. Well, I joked on the, the show with uh, <laughs> I joked on the show with Go Rightly. It's like you know maybe they are overthrowing the New World Order, but it's like 
It's being done by some kind of fucked up criminal enterprise involving Vladimir fucking Putin and other fucking people. And it's like, I don't want, I don't want these assholes running the world either. So it's like, it's the devil. Which, which one do you want? It's like, do I want the globalists running the world or fucking the crazy fucking, you know, dictators? Like, give me a fucking break. I'll take the globalists, man, every day. Yeah. Your phone line, yeah, I think you had too much anger because yep. you just you just started cracking up again. Oh, no. Am I all right now? Oh, oh you're back. You're back. Banal's back. Baby. All right. I'll try not <laughs> I'll try not to get fired up, although it's hard during the Christmas yeah, party. Please. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I, yeah, well, the gist I'm trying to make, in case I have to go around and cut that around, is like that these, you know, it... If it's an overthrow of the New World Order, I don't necessarily want the people that are doing it, Trump and company, to be to be the ones in charge of the fucking – of the world when it's all said and done. You know? Like, that to me is just right. crazy talk. Yes. I, I don't know how I we go on that. I prefer people. <laughs> <laughs> They've done a pretty good job so far. I mean, far. really, at that, point, at that point, aren't you voting for David Icke lizard people or David Jacobs hybrids? I suppose. I just want to vote for a Nordic, man. There you go. Well, you did. They seem like the <laughs> voted Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. Well, we'll pivot away from politics because I'm afraid uh, we're gonna get. Na- I, I never get any nasty letters. I think people just stop listening because I just rant and shit on this show about how crazy <laughs> things are. But I saw somebody post on Facebook. Thank you for saying something, because a lot of shows, they won't even get into this, which kind of extends, in a sense, to what you're saying, Vaney, where as far as people supported Trump, I noticed that there are also a lot of fucking people that just didn't say that just in private they'll tell you what they think, but then they won't, you know, they'll hold their tongue on their show because they don't want to upset people. And it's like 300 people listen to your fucking show. What do you care? You know? You talking about politics or about? uh, I'm talking about podcasting. And politics. Hmm. You understand know what yeah, I mean? Now like, it's not I've, the time I've, to hold your tongue. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, no, I don't want to offend anyone. I'm sorry. We're living in <laughs> we're living at the very time where you should be offending people. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, I've heard from people. I I offered to go on a show before the election because I was fired up about it. And, and you know, wanted to at least try and extend myself as much as possible and, I'm you know, to to make my perspective clear that I didn't think that Trump should be president. And it's like the show was like, no, 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 we don't want to – we don't want to even talk about the election. We, we don't want to go there. It's like, you know, then after, after the election, they're the ones – you know, they're amongst the many who are like, how'd this happen? It's like, how this happened is you didn't fucking do anything, dude. You don't want to offend that 35% of the nation that was gerrymandered to uh, vote him in. <laughs> I mean, this is the yeah. thing that gets me. Is like We talk about this as though he's this you know, super popular juggernaut, and really, he's not. Uh, it's just gerrymandered. The whole thing is rigged, so we've got to get rid of that. So maybe that's what people need to be talking about more so than you know, what Trump tweeted yeah, because gerrymandering is wicked sexy. <laughs> That's right. Jesus. Yes. Gerrymandering. Unless it's Jerry Mathers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See, 
human I, beings. I didn't think this episode could go off the rails. <laughs> Boy, was I wrong. Until <laughs> Jerry Mathers showed up. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I was. I tried to say a couple times while you uh, – well, but but you guys are making points, so I, I kind of step back. Um, it seems just to go back to the abduction thing, because uh, you know we, I've beaten the politics horse for a while. Um, it, it does seem like no one gives a fuck about abductions anymore, anyway. And and as you rightly said, I think Jeremy or maybe it was Jeff, uh, uh, to put it in a different sense, it's like it's been ETH'd. It's just sort of like this this accepted storyline. You know what I mean? That they, okay, the aliens come and take people and they probe them, huh? And then they bring them back. It's like that's, you know. And no one, it, it's weird. There's like a mental block in a sense where no one will go any further. They, 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 it's fucked up. People, the mainstream society, they just, it's a thing. But they don't fucking. Apparently, apparently, it's it. You know, it's not a thing enough to like take seriously at all. It's really weird. Well, it's still shoved down their throats. I mean, if you turn on any of the History Channel stuff, Ancient Aliens, right? It's not called Ancient Mystery. <laughs> it's Ancient Aliens. We know what it is. And go down the list of things, and it's the same talking heads over and over, saying the same stuff over and over. So, you know, it's no wonder to me that people have no sense of anything else. What I find interesting is, you know, with my show, I'm mainly interviewing experiencers, and I have yet to interview uh, anyone who has that mainstream abduction uh, thing happening, it's all over yeah. the place. And that's more indicative of, of what this is. Uh, but that's a hard sell, I guess, on TV when you can just package up, look, it's aliens. Um, but I think Jeff uh, has said to me at least that he notices a shift in ufology, and correct me if I'm wrong, where people are – at least within ufology, are more open to these other perspectives that we were talking about on Peritopia years and years ago. Um, so maybe with that type of shift, it'll it'll translate into the talking heads on TV and therefore the mainstream. But who knows how long that'll take? I don't know. People might lose interest at that point. I, I don't I don't know that that'll ever get to that period in in media. <clears throat> because that involves a lot more, uh, a lot more, let's see, cerebral effort to 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 get your head around, and and I don't know that TV is built for that. Um, you know, it's 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 definitely not an instant gratification angle to look at uh, any of the any of the other options um, that you go to, but I do see <clears throat> that there's a there seems to be a shift in uh, people being at least willing to listen to, um, you know, trickster theorem or, um, uh, you know, uh, things that, you know, like psychedelic type uh, consistencies across that and paranormal experiences, that sort of, that sort of gist of things. People are, they seem a lot more interested in it than they used to be. Uh, I remember years ago when I was on UFO updates, uh, back when it was like a mailing list or something, I said something about liminality and anti-structure and all this kind of stuff. And uh, Jerome Clark said to me, I don't think we need any of your wild-ass ideas in here. So I was like, <laughs> okay, well, you know, I guess I'm out uh, of that discussion. Uh, I see how forward-thinking these people are. So, you know, I just started 
um, you know, I mean, more or less, you do what you can do uh, in a public way. But, uh, you know, I, I think I think everybody just needs to kind of pursue their own their own direction with this stuff. I really do. I don't I don't see the point in um, in trying to I think everybody will if they're honest with themselves and that's the that's the crucial bit. I think if everybody's honest with themselves uh, at a certain point, everybody will kind of end up in that same space. You know, I think the older that I get, the more likely, the less likely I see, um, you know, the experience or phenomenon being just an A to B dotted line to a UFO. Um, You know, if, if you get what I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 that line is extraordinarily blurred, at least in my opinion, at least from the people that I've talked to and my own stuff. Um, that line is, is really murky. So, And I think more people these days are willing to, to say, I agree, that is a murky line. It's a, very, it's, a very, uh, it's a very indescript connection between the UFO and, and what we used to refer to as the occupants or the visitors or whatever. Um, people are willing to look a little bit deeper into that stuff these days than, than they would. And in very complex ways, like the, the psychedelic thing, that's a very complex subject when you start talking about the similarities in that in a DMT flash and, um, and a paranormal experience involving others. Um, there are some serious, um, seriously deep and complex issues there that have to be addressed. You know, and they still in the end, the interesting bit is that they still fundamentally ask the same question. You know, what are we what are we here for? Um, What is this all about? Is this real or is it not? You know, all of those fundamental questions. So uh, it's probably just it's like a -a whack-a-mole. You know, it's probably just like a game of Um, whack-a-mole. You never get to hit the little guy on the head, but he'll pop up from different angles and. You know, whoever swings fastest gets the most, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I do see it changing. I, I do see more people. It's not a large group of people, but I do see more people willing to, to listen, which is great. Yeah, yeah. It does seem like the uh, – I wonder if we're in sort of a UFO bubble, though, because uh... – you know, a lot, of, but it seems like a, a lot of the people I talk to, um, and are sort of in my circle of friends, are of the, you know, of that open-minded opinion. You know, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's like you you look out across the horizon, and it's like there are people that that, that like believe that, that are just ready to throw down, or you know, behind Tom Long or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like the, who watched the fucking oh, Stephen yeah. Greer movie, and and, and like yeah. insist that it's real. Mm-hmm. So it's like, are we really, are things changing, or am I just pulling back and join, you know, or are we just, or is this an exodus of, of right-thinking people? You know, we'll never know, really, or we'll know. <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, I, I think, I think when it comes to, I think when it comes to, uh, uh, I, I mean, just for me, from my perspective on this stuff, um, and I'll just ask you guys this. Does it seem odd to either of you that uh, someone like Jacques Vallée is not more um, is not is not 
further down the line or is not further into the much more complex theories about this stuff than he seems to be. Um, Cause he's always kind of going to be the benchmark to me uh, yeah. between him and George Hansen and a couple other people. <clears throat> these guys are like giants to me and, um, and anything that any of us would do, it's only because we're standing on their shoulders. Uh, that's the only reason we get to be where we are. Um, and so, you know, it, to me, I, when I see that, that Jacques is putting together this database, you know, my question immediately jumps forward, you know, well, what, what are the qualifications for creating a UFO database? Um, how do you qualify what goes in? Um, and, and, and knowing how elusive and self-negating and all these things that we've talked about before, all of the common traits that seem to exist between all these paranormal phenomena, if that's known, then what good would this database really do you? I, like, what is the, what is the, 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 um, the tip of the spear that you're trying to mount here? That's what I would want to know. It just doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like something that he would want to do. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm explaining this right. Um, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but that's interesting. Yeah, yeah no, I, 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 I'm in the same camp as Vaney. I'm, I, I'm, I, I, I've always kind of thought that maybe, that maybe Valet like has figured something out and is trying to work backwards. You know, even though I critique other people for that kind of thing, it's like maybe, that could maybe. Be. You know, so he's like, if I can just get the, if we can just synthesize the data to show that it's this, then we can, yeah, you know, uh, conjure up some kind of repeatability or something, you know. But I, yeah, I, I don't know. That's the only thing I can, I can think, um, you know. But it's all very. I mean, it's like, I where mean, is this I mean, database? And I, who, who, well, I, I mean, when Jeremy and I interviewed him, mm-hmm. um. We we talked about, or Jeremy had asked him at a certain point in the interview, that there were kind of this there was kind of this circulating notion or rumor that uh, he had tried to start a Skinwalker Ranch, and was that true? Yeah. And was it successful? And he said, "Yes, it's true, and it was marginally successful." Jeremy, am I right? It was marginally successful, yeah. But then he thought you could triangulate any area and create some sort of paranormal thing, right? Right. I don't know if that's where you're going. So was that – you know, what what was that? I mean, I mean, why – you know, if that's the direction where you get some kind of modest result, um, then why is that not the ex- extrapolation moving forward? Like why would you not engage that moving forward? Um you know, if that's doable, uh, you know, to any marginal degree, then what would make it even more – what would make that even more come forth out of something like that? I mean, that's just what, I, what I'm what i thinking about these days with this stuff. And it's like – I don't know. It just seems uh, – Well, uh, it's – It seems it, odd to it's me. A, I just – I don't know. It's interesting. I think I understand kind of what you're saying in a sense where it's like we're – we're on the out. We're, we're on the outside trying to figure out what he might like. What's 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 in his mind? You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's like if he's creating, 
if he tried the Skinwalker Ranch thing and he, now he's he's turned I mean he could also, you know, be having multi projects at the same time or whatever, but it's like maybe sure. maybe there's something in that maybe there's something in that database that will improve this the skinwalker it idea or whatever information he, yeah. he learned from that experience or, or project or whatever you want to right. call it. You know, maybe he was like, Okay, right. well I just need to find the right spot where it will be you know, amplified, and right. you know the only way to figure that out would be if I had a database. You know what I mean? It's like we're we're kind of just that, uh, yeah. following along, trying to connect the dots of what he's doing. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Yeah, I don't know. That's the only thing, that's, that's the only that's thing I can think of. That, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you could be very right about that. Um, you know, uh, it's and and even uh, now I haven't read John Alexander's new book. Um, I don't know if either of you have, but uh, I have it, uh, and um, Patrick wants me to get him on the show, so I may actually do. I may actually get yeah, him on the show I mean, before we wrap things up. N- n- he's a really interesting guy to communicate with. I mean, he really is, and uh, yeah, you know. And when I talked to him at a at a, a fairly small gathering in in near DC, um, I mean, he flat out told me, you know, that. Uh, you know, when you when you boil down Skinwalker Ranch and you boil down the things that happen there, what you walk away from or walk away with is it's the trickster. <laughs> you know, and he he actually said that, and uh, you know, and and that uh, uh, it's this uh, it's this uh, you know this this conscious um, you know predictive uh, kind of uh, intelligence that that's behind all this stuff, and that's. Um, a precognitive, what itself, I forget how he, how he verbalizes it, but it's some kind of self-aware, self-conscious, uh, predictable or predictive element um, that does this. So I'd, I'd really like to read his new book. I'm going to get it, um, but uh, you know, it, it. I'd be very curious to see where he's going with this. And him, him and, and Jacques Vallée are very. Uh, I think of them in tandem with each other because they're they're friends and they. I'm sure exchange notes on all this stuff, but um, you know, to me, that's where you know that's where all my interest would lie with George Hansen, with Jacques Vallée, with you know, um, uh, with with John Alexander and people like that. Um, and that's a pretty narrow that's a pretty narrow view of of um, you know of what I see that's valuable in this stuff and everything else, like the Tom DeLonge and the the Greers and all the other host characters that just doesn't seem to be um, very important anymore. Even to the even to the notion of comedy, you know, you know like I yeah, can't that's even just be like fluff, about, man. That's just like fluff. Like I can't even make funny jokes about it anymore. You know, um, <laughs> if I ever could, it's just you know I just you know I I don't I don't see anything amusing about it anymore. It's just kind of like a broken record. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Vanny, what do you have to say about all this valet discussion? Uh, uh, well, I, I jumped in before of, you got a chance to talk. Speaking of broken record, well, as far as Jacques Vallée goes, it could be that he's a computer genius and has a program that he wants to run the data through looking for something specific, You know, maybe some program he's invented. I don't know. I just invented that off the top of my head. But um, speaking of broken record, the trickster, uh, at least according to – young um, that there are these archetypes and these archetypal patterns that are alive and uh, I've been reading his theory about them and the trickster 
is uh, like the initial one. It's the initial pattern um, that you have to transcend. So what does it say if we are dealing with a trickster that we never get past the trickster to the next level? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that say that there is no next level in, in this stuff, that there, it, it's, it's always going to present you with, nope, that's not what I am, um, because the question is the thing, or is there a thing that it is, and we just haven't gotten to it because, and, and, and so we're, because we're so stuck with these answers that we've given ourselves, um, you know, it, it, we're just stuck at level one here over and over and over again until such time as we get it. Yeah, I mean, that's entirely possible. Who knows? Well, I don't that know. Would be, that, would be Whitley's, that, that, that would be Whitley's, you know, uh, conscious evolution type thing, the perception of evolution. <clears throat> to where if the if the trickster is, like you say, level one, uh, we could be on level five and not even know it, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, if there's no um, – uh, I'll put it to you this way. If you can't see the target, how do you know if you hit it? Um, if he keeps hiding that target, how do you know if you're hitting the mark or not? And if you do hit the mark, um, does it just kind of lead you in another direction, which is another learning point, and then you get to that point and you learn that and you move on? But as you're learning these things, it's doing it so – you know, in such a in such a gradual way uh, that you don't know what you're learning. You don't know these just become the things. I think Jeremy and I. I think I've said this to you like a billion times on Paratopia. I think you know that. Um, I think when we were talking about disclosure back then, um, I had said something like, you know, I don't think there's going to be this top-down revelation. Oh my God, moment. It's just going to it's just going to evolve into something that everybody just knows. Um, and I think that's kind of if if it if it uh, if it's some kind of progression that the trickster is uh, baiting us with and pulling the carrot. You know, the carrot is obviously going somewhere, and we're following the carrot. Uh, but where is the carrot? Is it moving forward? Uh, probably. Um, but it's kind of those. It's one of those things where it's so gradual, it just becomes something that you know as you progress along. Um, so, in other words. Yeah, we're always going to feel like we're behind the eight ball, and we don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what I find interesting, though, too, because I, because you know, as we wrap the show up and everything, uh, this uh, been all of America. It's like I joked, like, oh, all the all the questions will be answered, because you know, fucking, it's a paranormal show. None of the questions are going to be answered, so <laughs> it's like lost. Um, <laughs> but. To me, I've had a lot of time sort of to look back on this sort of stuff and all the years we've been doing this and kind of like how we joked about, like, the hybrid invasion. At the same time, it's like there's also, you know, I mean, when I first started the show, like, it was like 11 years ago now, it was sort of like, oh, the world is waking up, man. We're almost at a tipping point. Like, the world, you know, everyone's going to everyone's gonna get enlightened to this. And I'm not talking – I'm not like – this doesn't necessarily speak to – what you're saying, in a sense, Jeff, it's just sort of like this expectation, this, this this bullshit we were fed all these years, you know, that like, oh, we're waking up, and it's like, no, it. You look around the world now, over a decade later, and it's like, no, shit's worse, man. Like, I don't know if it's like this natural human condition that there's like an internal struggle, like <laughs> with with 
with the human species where it's like we're going to evolve or we're going to fucking blow ourselves up. But it certainly seems like shit's getting worse. Shit's getting, like, intense and, and, and like, tangible. And it's not like that people are waking up to, to enlightenment. It's just like they're going out of their fucking mind. Huh. I, I don't know what, you know, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if, I, if I should throw a question at the end of that, but it's just like I don't, I wonder where it's going because it's like if we're going to, it feels like if there's going to be any enlightenment, for it has to be an individual enlightenment and to hope that like and, and to try and pull everybody else along which I think is a problem that uh, the paranormal has in a sense where it's like you know we're truth seekers we're going to get disclosure for everybody it's like just get disclosure for yourself man don't fucking you know I'm good yeah don't yeah so to me it's well in terms uh, of the culture yeah. at large you know, it's gone off the rails. We're a brain culture where, you know, naturally we should be a heart culture. But for some odd reason, brain culture wins out. And uh, the ramifications are, you know, if you're unhealthy, tick tock. Eventually you either get healthy or you die. Uh, and so I think we're at the, that precipice culturally. And in terms of ufology, I think it's interesting that the surface level of anything is always the shallow thing, right? So that's true in literature, it's true in religion, it's true in politics. Whatever the, the literal fundamentalist thing is, is the shallow facade. Uh, and yet people in ufology who subscribe to the shallow facade of the, the nuts and bolts don't see that. They think that the depth lies in finding the document. Or finding, you know, the, the thing that says there's wreckage. They think that the, the physical proof of something is the deep thing. Uh, so right, right. Yeah. I think I think until they see the problem there, and maybe part of that problem is that people like Jacques Vallée, who do or at least did have the public's ear for a time, uh, didn't stick around. You know, he he pops in and out when he wants to because he sees that it's a shit show. And people like George Hansen were, you know, never popular to begin with. I mean, these are the people that should be front and center saying, listen, just saying exactly what I just said and then making the case the way that they can. Um, it, you know, maybe that would know that's get people useless. to see it. Well, that's the problem. That's the problem. I mean, here and herein we, we run into the circular thing of, well, if it's trickster – that it's never going to work in the first place. So, <laughs> because all the patterns of people's psychology is, uh, it's almost instinctive. It's almost like something takes over and it becomes a shit show uh, just by natural law. <laughs> it can never reveal itself. So, well, there you go. I mean, I mean, the, the thing to me is that, and you see, this gets really complicated really fast, and I'm not sure I'm able to even explain it, but, uh, the, uh, the the notion of just just I mean take for instance any any case that you want to look at in ufology you know you've got these hallmarks of um, uh, you know you, you have somebody had they have an experience they're investigated the experience seems to be true the pictures seem to check out and there becomes this this schism that runs through this whereby that person feels compelled to fake something a la um, you know, um, I mean, take take a pick of anybody these days. Um, that you know, that something uh, has to keep going because there's an expectation. 
And then, you know, that turns into the shit show of um, the territorial behavior of investigators. People keep things close to the cuff. Nothing gets shared. Nothing gets, you know, expounded on. Meanwhile, the phenomena ramps up yet again because it's in some kind of response to hoaxing. I mean, these are things that are antithetical to the entire conversation of uh, people like, you know, uh, Isaac Coy and Kurt Collins who want to keep things uh, in a very uh, clinical and organized fashion, um, you know, thereby pouring over the minutia of every instance of every case of every, you know, historical fact that went down about a UFO sighting. Um, So it all turns into this garbled mess, right? So I think the portion where uh, the trickster may be forcing us into is to gain fucking control of ourselves uh, and, and recognize these aspects as true. Recognize what's right in front of you that you can't deny because it's there time and time and time again. And to continue to ignore it and to continue to pour over the minutia of meaningless bullshit is really the, the downfall. The, the downfall is not that it's self-negating, that it lies, that it deceives, and that, that it, like it or not, people in general will take part in that deception as it uh, pertains to the paranormal. That, to ignore that, is to ignore what you're trying to find out. You know, and I see this every day. This has largely been the reason that I've dropped away from this stuff because people want to continue with the delusion that they have a handle on this thing. And I think what the trickster is trying to do, or if there's if there's a place it's trying to lead us, it's trying to make us say, I don't I don't understand why it's this way. It seems to negate itself. It seems to lie. It seems to be de- deceptive. Um, and it also seems to play into fakery. It seems to revel in fakery. Um, you know, to, to continue to ignore these things, that's not productive. Um, and so, you know, again, when you see these people pouring over minutia of Roswell, I mean, I just want to throw up. Uh, yeah, I saw your post about that. Uh a few weeks, you know, a couple, like in September or something, and I was, I think, I don't know if yeah. I posted it at the time or not, but it was like, can we extend that, like, all the way up to, like, Rendlesham? Like, can we, how far can Oh, I, yeah. Because I'm tired of, like, all these, even Phoenix Lights is almost at the level now where it's like, yeah. you know, it didn't break the paradigm, you gotta let it go after, like, let's say a decade. Now listen. Kids, we love Santa. We have to say it. I have to say it. We love Santa. Everybody loves Santa. But remember, December 25th, baby Jesus' birthday. We must keep that in mind. December 25th, baby Jesus. Just thought I'd get that in. We love Santa, but let's not be silly. That's nice. Merry Christmas. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. This just in, Santa Claus is dead. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a guy, um, I, I'm friends with him on Facebook, and his name escapes me, but, you know, he, he launched into a, a Facebook thread, uh, you know, Billy Meyer, discuss. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's 2017, and we're still having this discussion. I mean, I didn't partake in it for maybe two posts. 
But, uh, you know, there were people on there still arguing the point. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure you you really, really don't. You're really not going to go anywhere forward in this stuff until you admit some pretty basic and fundamental things. And, um, uh, you know, and I tried to do that with the blog. I tried to, and it and it did. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not the pessimistic guy that I used to be in this stuff. Um, because I used to say, and I know Jeremy used to get really aggravated at me when I would say, I don't think any of this Emma Wood stuff, I don't think it had any influence at all. I don't believe that now. I do think it did to the people who mattered, but to the people who just don't matter, to real progressive thinking on this stuff, it didn't matter to them, but that doesn't mean it didn't matter. Um, and the same thing with the blog. I think for people who get it uh, or who read it and then it clicked for them, they really get it, and I have people write me nearly every day, at least three or four times a week. I get an email from somebody going, holy shit, I can predict stuff about this before it happens. You know, I can tell – I can look at people in this field and say they're not going to make it. <laughs> you know, I can, I can see where this particular case that I've thought all my life was so solid – I see where there's these hinky parts in it now that don't seem to add up, and now I'm looking at it from this angle, and it all makes sense. It's all exactly as it's supposed to be. And um, yeah, it's a it's a fucking revelation, man. When you get there, um, and so I wonder if that's not the lead. That's the lead of the trickster is trying to lead us into recognizing these fundamental things about the nature of reality, at least as it applies to this stuff. Because once you take this and you understand this to a certain degree, you can begin overlaying this thing over top of world events. You can begin overlaying it into your own life, um, and you will see very interesting correlations and synchronicities that happen all over, not just in paranormal land, but all over everything. Uh, And it's really interesting. But um, you know, uh, you, you can't can't make a horse drink when it won't. You know, you can't can't you can lead a, a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So, um, you know, it's uh, but the people who have gotten it have really have really gotten it. So, and, and I'm grateful for that. So, um, you know, it, can, it, I yeah. don't know where you know I don't know where it leads, but it, it it's got to be doing something. There's got to be some forward momentum in that. And I think the first step to doing that is recognizing these hallmarks and admitting that, yes, these things exist uh, in the topic that I place a great amount of faith in um, for people out there. This is what I I think they need to say. I recognize this as an article of faith. I recognize that my belief is not always mired in facts. I recognize that there is an element of this that is, is, is deceptive. And that revels in hokery. Um, so I think those are things that people have to admit and then move forward knowing that. And then the whole field becomes a lot more rich for, for everybody. Now, I had a question for you, Jeff, because uh, we had Ren Collier on, and he, he mentioned that you said yeah. this, but uh, he didn't really know the details specifically uh, from what I can remember. But he said something like, if you hang out at the same place long enough, that something weird will happen or something like that? Or, like, if you, you can kind of conjure this, not in a Stephen Greerian way, 
but just sort of like it, it, in a sense of like repeatability and, and open-mindedness or something, I think is kind of the idea. If that makes any sense? Uh, well, yeah, and he, I'll debut this on your, your final season. Um, All right, nice. I I think that um, uh, I think that we can no longer say that people like Greer, who um, excuse me, who excuse me, who who go out um, for the purpose of seeing weird things in the sky, I don't think that we can one hundred percent say they never see anything. Uh, I think whatever he's doing, um, you know, him being, in my mind at least, and in the minds of a lot of people, an extraordinarily marginal figure, um, he who has been mired in bullshit for years, in my opinion, um, yes, he is a prime candidate for taking people out, having them focus their intent on seeing these things and seeing these things. Um, do I believe he has vectored craft into several hundred feet? No, I don't. Um, but I believe they have seen things. Um, I don't know how frequent it is, but it stands the reason he might have some success. Um, yeah. But I think anyone can do this. You need not pay Greer, uh, you know, 800 or $1,000 to go out in the middle of the woods with him um, you know, to do this, um, you know, it, yeah, I think, do Ren, you know, it, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, Ren and I did a show on, on, uh, um, where the red go, we did a, a, a thing together and, and, and yeah, and that's exactly what I said is going to a place and actively seeking out the phenomena, um, with a certain level a certain, I'll put it to you this way, a, per, a certain unhealthy level of obsession and a certain unhealth, unhealthy level of, unhealthy of level obsession, of, of obsession. Uh, about, it will about it will likely facilitate likely. something. Weird, we're getting a reverb. So, Vaney, you got the... <laughs> turn, turn your radio down, Vaney. What? All right, weird. We got a real reverb just then. I thought I thought maybe you had the sound on or something at your place. No. Oh, so yeah, it. You know it, that, that I did say, but I but I don't recommend it. You know, I don't recommend it because again, engaging in a lot of this stuff means you lose friends, you lose you know uh, relationships, you lose jobs. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a deconstructor. So. Is there a way to temper that? There probably is. This is probably what we're yet to learn. How do we temper it so that we can study it without losing ourselves in it? Um, you know, that's uh, that's probably part of this too. So, um, but yeah, you can. I believe you can actively engage this phenomenon face to face. But I don't think you're going to do it with cameras. I don't think you're going to do it with. Um, you know, with a, a mass of people, like a thousand people, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, as personal as this experience has been, as tailored as it has been for me and Jeremy and a bunch of other people, thousands of other people, um, you know, I, I think that that's almost the level that you have to approach it with. 
You know, Greg Bishop says, approach it with the obliqueness that it shows you. And I think that's a, a pretty good way to look at it, you know, to, to, to approach it in that kind of way um, uh, with an expectation. Might be fruitful. To see, to see something, but not an expectation of what that something might be. What do you think the uh, point is, though, of, of, of wanting to see something or interact with it in the first place? I mean, for I'm sorry, can you, for can some, you say that one more time? I mean, for, well, for someone who's an experiencer, uh, you know, we want answers or we want some level of relationship with this. It makes sense. But for the average Joe who hasn't had an experience, what do you think is what would be the proper motivation to to want to do it in the first place? Confirmation uh, of what though? That that there uh, is some other. You know what I mean? I don't know. That to is, me, it seems, it seems like the same thing as if, if the government said, uh, yep, we have a crash saucer. We don't know anything about it. I, um, yeah, but no, to no, me, no, it's but what like, I'm saying is, no, if, they pers- said, if they said we have a. It, no, I get that, but let me finish this for a sec. Uh, okay, sorry. If the government says, yes, we, ha- we have aliens, alien bodies, we don't know anything beyond that. We have no relationship with them. We, we don't know what they want or anything. But yeah, we've got them. Then. People who are interested in ufology, uh, because they've already put all of their, they've projected onto this what they want it to be and what they think it is, they're going to go, aha, that's it, I know it. So it's personal confirmation of their own bias and of their own projection. Isn't that going to be the same thing with making contact with something that doesn't really actually reveal its true self? Uh, uh, Yeah. Unfortunately, most people aren't that. They probably don't think they don't think of it that deeply, so they just go to their local haunted school and fucking run around. But um, so, but if they do, if they make contact, then isn't that actually going to hurt them in some way? Because it's gonna it's gonna further the delusion, or it's gonna take their suspicions and their beliefs and turn it into a delusion. Because now they've got confirmation that this is real when they don't actually have confirmation that what they think is real is real. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, see, like what, I, see, I see what you're. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I'm sorry. There's a horrifying delay for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is like we're running this show on ten cans and string tonight. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think Jeremy, you could be right that depending on what they go looking for, they may see, and that may just confirm their error in what they believe it is. Uh, or right. what they would have come to expect, but there is, uh, you know, it, it, at least it seems to be that there is going to be always a subset that doesn't get what they expect, um, and, and I think that uh, either that subset is the majority or the minority. I'm not sure which it is yet, um, but a, a lot of people um, who have tended to, to try and do this to some fashion or another um, usually come back and say it's nothing like what I expected. Um, uh, but they say that they, um, when, and this is, I think this is the important bit is to go into it. Um, again, is this something that we have to convince ourselves otherwise of, is this part of what the forced growth is about is abandoning your preconceived notions of something that you have no idea about in the first place. Um, you know, you have an idea, but you don't know. And so you concoct an answer in your head. Well, that's fucked right from the get-go. 
uh, it would be yeah. it would behoove human civilization to to rid itself of such a, a pretense before it even goes into areas like science or relationships or you know human behavior um, those kinds of things. So if somebody goes out there um, and 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 takes the McKenna approach to things and says, "What can you show me?" You know, and that's the extent of it. And they just look around, uh, no matter where they might go, whether it's an outdoor, whether it's an indoor, whether it's a closed room in their home, um, sitting in front of a mirror in darkness, as you know, Dr. Moody talked to us about. Remember that? Um, you know, what could you expect? What might happen? Um, they should go somewhere and they should approach it with a question mark, um, not with a you know, not with a preconceived notion already outlined. Um, and see, that's, I think that's part, of the, that's part of the growth process to me as to where people have to get to. I will say this. It's hard to yeah. tap into that mindset, though, because uh, I did a ghost hunt this summer and tried to, like, tried to imbue myself with that spirit, in a sense, where I wasn't, like, walking around trying to notice things, but instead just walked around aimlessly almost trying to like keep my mind blank and it still didn't work. So I don't know if I was trying too hard in a weird way, like by not trying at all, (laughs) but I was very disappointed because it was like, I thought I had figured it out where I'm like, I know I'm going to go on this ghost hunt and just be fucking chilled out and not to sit in a chair for like 15 minutes and see what happened, you know, and And nothing, you know, nothing fucking happened. I'm like, this sucks. Well, <laughs> and the and the the thing is, I, I like I go back to Lisa and Cody going down to my father-in-law's house and feeling this this creeped out, feeling a presence, feeling all of that. Um, it was immediately, as Cody described it, it was immediately an it. It was uh, there's something there, there's someone there, and it's not good. Um, and if that might have been someone else, they might have used the D word, you know. Uh, or they might have said, you know, uh, something like, you know, um, uh, pop up was as angry. Uh, so immediately, the tendency is to overlay some kind of belief on top of a feeling, uh, as palpable as it could be. There's this tendency to want to to box that up into something that you can understand. I said, how about we go down there, the three of us. And we we don't go in there with the notion that we know it's not bad. Let's go from the notion that it's not demonic and it's not an evil thing. How about it's this? How about it's that in periods of change, historically, uh, these places from indigenous peoples to colonials to whatever, there were places where you didn't go. And if you went, you were you were put under some kind of ritual. You were cleansed in some way because you don't bring that back to the tribe right so we're going to that place where you not you are not supposed to go and so if you get a bad feeling in a house stop thinking of it as demonic or angry spirit or an it it is a it is a warp of reality that that tends to force people not to want to be there and if it's forcing you not to want to be there chances are there's something there that you have to stand long enough. So I go back to McKenna again. His his entire 
um, you know, psychedelic journey was about trying to stand in that place more, quote unquote. Um, how much can you take? Can you take enough that you might be able to stand to be there long enough to actually learn or see something? Um, so is that not a more open, effective way to approach that situation rather than going in saying there's a demon in this house that needs to be cleansed? There's a the evil spirit here. There's something here that's going to batter and abuse me, you know? Um, cause I think if you go in with that, that's certainly what you can, you might end up getting. Um, yeah. you know, whereas I'm, I'm trying to prime everybody to go in and just say, what can this show me? What is here? What do I feel? Um, right. and not try and label it, you know, that's, that's, um, you know, that to me, like maybe that's a, Maybe that's a meat hook we can throw out to see if anything grabs a hold of it. Yeah, well, it's hard to people. It's hard for people to do. It's it's as, che- mm-hmm. as ridiculous as it sounds. That's like the end of Ghostbusters, right? He fucking conjures the marshmallow man because you're right. not supposed to think about anything. Right. You find it odd that we're, if we're lucky, we're on the planet for about a hundred years, less than a hundred, most of us, and yet there's a thing called boredom. And there's this drive to search for more because whatever we've got right now isn't enough. And yet the answer (laughs) to all of that search, whether it's the spiritual truth is a pathless land or it's click your heels and you're always home, Dorothy, or take a mushroom out of cow shit or, you know, just, you know, just try to you you can create a haunted location in your own house and engage the stuff. I mean, the answer is always that it's right there in front of you. And that this stuff is always around. Like, that's the answer, is that it's right there. So it just seems like there's this weird thing of, like, yeah, we're only on the planet for a limited amount of time. And so we're, we're – but and yet we're striving to do anything other than what we've got. And when it comes to the spiritual stuff or the paranormal stuff, that stuff is right here with us, it turns out, with what we've got. And so it's just a matter of opening up to it. It's not a matter of going anywhere for it. Uh, <laughs> it's just odd. It's just an odd situation that that we're living in. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe well, that's a lot part of, weird... of the brain culture problem. Maybe that's part of of us just realizing that again, there's this bigger ecosystem that is invisible to us because we put on blinders and pavement and built houses and internet and all that stuff to block this shit out in religion to block out everything as evil. Uh, that's not Jesus-y. Uh, so maybe we've blocked out this thing around us, and we know that it is also a part of us, so we're aching for it and we're looking for it, but it's right there because it's a part of us. And if that's the yeah. answer, um, then there's really nothing to search for, is there? It's just right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I, can't, I can't lie and say that, uh, that uh, at least in this you know, hiatus as brief as it's been for me. Uh, I can't say that it, you know when I'm sitting there, you know, fixated on a painting that uh, it hasn't crossed my mind to say, is this really what this is all about? Is it is it being ensnared by it and then figuring out that you need to leave it? Uh, that's the whole point. <laughs> uh, you know, like is that the point? Is to become so ensnared in it that it becomes your life and then to extricate yourself from that kind of of um uh of I don't know, that, that entanglement of this stuff. Um you know, is that part of it too, you know? 
Uh, and on some level, I feel like that is true, you know, like to recognize that, you know, it can't be the all. Um, you know, that's that's been uh, not that hard to walk away from this time and not that uh, – um, and that for me just started by, you know, seeing a guy uh, – watching a guy on Facebook paint. I was like, God damn, I remember that, you know, I remember that. <laughs> I want to do some more of that, and now I'm 50, and now I got to do this, and so there I go. And uh, uh, well, you know, it's so just. it's it's kind of a it's kind of cliche, but um, people have said it. But it's like ufology, all this paranormal, it is like a religion, and it's almost like oh, a yeah. fucking cult. And when you and sometimes if you get away from it. <laughs> You're, it's it's like you, it sounds it sounds like the people from like Scientology and shit, you know what I mean? Because I've I've mused about sort of the same things you're talking about, and it sounds the same way. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, mm-hmm. once you escape from, <laughs> once you escape from this 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 frame of mind, this 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 faith, this article of faith, like you said earlier, you know, this act of faith. Yeah. Um, it's it's you have a whole different worldview. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, you have a different way of looking at it too, which is the, is the real the real value of you know pulling your head out of the water to take a breath uh, is that you gain a, a completely uh, you, you gain that outside perspective pretty quickly exactly and, th- and that's valuable exactly. too you know that's that's valuable when you decide to dunk in again with this shit it's super worthwhile because no, most people don't fucking pull their head out of their own ass and out of the exactly. paranormal water. <laughs> Exactly. Well, Jeff, where do you uh, where do you fit in Jeff Kripal's, um You know, where the author is creating the story as the story is creating the author. Does that fit uh, in with the trickster thing? Uh, or not? See, and <laughs> and here's you know, and here's where uh, I feel like you know. At one point, I said to myself, well. They both can't coexist. There's no way that one can exist without the other um, uh, or with the other. Um, and then I go, well, well, wait a minute. You know, If we're talking about uh, the stuff that we got from Project Core, the stuff that we discovered out of that, as, as rudimentary as that was, um, then, then yeah, there is, uh, there is some kind of, of ligament holding that, that thing together. Um, in that uh, there's the, there's the creative process which is imagination which is um, you know what is what does everybody say when you you say I saw a ghost ah oh, it's your imagination uh, so imagination has always been kind of marginalized throughout history so you've got that kind of element kind of swimming through both um, and you've got the notion of you know creative personalities who have always been marginalized um, throughout history as you know, these are flighty people. These are, uh, they're very artsy. They're, they, they, they are into very fringy things. Um, they're easily dismissed. They're easily forgotten. Um, but, uh, the facts are facts is that, you know, creative people, um, as a whole, we, we put the milestones up for humanity that you go back through history and we are the things we create the things that stick out the most. Um, uh, you know the, the 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 Sistine Chapel and the, you know and Stonehenge and all of these things that were creative endeavors. 
these are the things that stick out the most. Um, so clearly there's more to the creative process and there's more to, um, you know, as Jeff says, um, uh, externalizing the internal. I think that that is a very, I think that's hand in hand with kind of a, um, you know, trickster theorem. And I'm not even sure that trickster theorem is even really what should, we should be calling this stuff anymore. I think it might need some kind of new name, uh, because I think that it's, I think that there are certain things becoming known about quote unquote trickster stuff um, that, yeah, has ties to literary, you know, literary figures, literary archetypes, but there's also things that we know um, that we can expect here, and that becomes predictive in certain ways. And so I don't know that you can necessarily say, uh, I, I think trickster is a good thing for how it affects the people who are ensnared by it. But what is it when you know what to expect? What does it become then? Um, I just like calling it the Jeff other. Kripal, yeah, I think that's a, a good. I think that's a. Yeah, and, and it, even something you know less uh, um, less anthropomorphic. Horror movie, if you know, in a way. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just uh, you know, um, you know, just something that would that would uh, lend itself better to talking about it without people going, "Oh, trickster!" I know what that's literary. No, it's not literary stuff in whole. Um, you know, there are literary bits. So, trickster came out of that term. I think came out of uh, kind of the literary area, which is where just kind of, you know, he, he plays around with that, and he plays around with the the comic writers and the comic artists and the people who develop these stories. Um, all of that exists in a very marginal state because who would ever believe these people? I mean, um, who would believe Doug Mensch that he wrote literally his robbery scenario minutes before it actually happened? Who would believe Grant Morrison in that he made his character... Uh, after himself, and then his life mirrored his character. Um, you know, one before the other, I might add. The character in the comic book preceded his life. So, you know, um, all of these things, I think they figure in together. How it directly affects, how it directly connects in, how you can lay one puzzle piece inside the other, I don't know. Um, not yet, anyway. <laughs> um but I'm I'm always thinking about that. Um, so I think I think both George and Jeff are probably, in, like I've said before, have probably pushed my thinking forward on this more than anybody has. Um, yeah. And probably has pushed this field forward than anybody has in in the last twenty years. But um, you know, there's got to be some kind of way that those two kind of weave together. Because I think they're both onto something very, very, very powerful in um, uh, in what they write about and the way that they phrase certain things, like you know, internalizing or externalizing the internal. Um, that's that's a that's pretty poetic way to put it, and it's it's yeah. uh, you know it's it's demonstrable. Again, if you look at it from the trickster perspective, this is all very predictable. So. Um, I don't know. I, the answer is I, I don't know. I forget what the question was. Vaney, <laughs> did, you, did you pitch that one too? 
<laughs> yeah, you asked him what, about Jeff Cripple, Cripple stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just riveted. I've tried my best to stay out of the way during a lot of this. Um, because I've enjoyed the. I think you're writing a book. I'll get the hell out of here. I have to respond to people as the fucking show goes on. Jesus. They chat. <laughs> your chat room? Uh, yeah, but it's it's kind of it's not exactly uh, it's it's not exactly hopping this evening. <laughs> this evening, it's not it's it's not quite Christmas party level, but we take what we can get. I actually loathe <laughs> the chat room. Did you guys have a chat room when you did the show? Uh, when we did the live show, yeah, yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah. There's dead air there. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but all, don't insult the chatters, dude. That's podcasting 101. You, that's you, you always show love. Up. You always show love to the chatters. No, it's just that sometimes they get on there. Am I? I'm not breaking up, am I? No. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes they get on there, and then they. And it is alligator. I think you'll appreciate this, Jeff. It's like they they get on, and then they're like, "You're live," and they're like, "Show's not working for me." I'm running Windows 95 on a on a Winamp. Um, how come I can't hear the show? And it's like, ah, I, look at I'm trying to host this show right now. I don't have time to, 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 to you know, to do your IT blanket, work for your you. Your blanket is, statement, Tim. Your blanket statement to that question should be: hit the F5 key. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hit the F5 fucking key. Yeah. <laughs> it's very uh yeah, so that was the typing you heard. Well, it's funny cuz I in 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 anticipating this interview and we we got like 5 minutes left or so, 7 minutes. Can we go a little bit over? I I know you guys are busy, so I won't keep you uh I won't just willy-nilly just keep talking, but uh can I keep you a little past the hour? All right. Well, I have to ask. Some people get tired. They have other shit going on, you know? They're like, "Benal, I just gave you 2 hours, man. Fuck off." Um <laughs> I was I was laughing because uh, throughout this whole show because I was thinking to myself, um, it was like one of the I'll, I'll wind it up with the big question at the end where it's like, what do you do post retirement from this from this wacky field? Because I think you know you guys, uh, Jeremy, you still do. Um, now I'm now, now I'm laughing about the the funny podcast that <laughs> that has a similar name to yours because I'm confused <laughs> using it. Right. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Not only oh, was my it the God. same name, it was the same content. It was like finally <laughs> yeah. a podcast that focuses only on the experiencers. Wait, it's called I the I something I, experience. I I'm not sure if I told you guys, but I'm going to be starting a new show next week called <sighs> The Strange Event, and we're only going to be talking to experiencers. So I think it's a really event of concept. <sighs> oh, my God. There's your that's, – that's, 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 that's what course. I was looking for in the, in the Christmas party theme, that, that moment right there. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's crazy that this is somebody – I don't even know who it is at this point anymore, but – Someone who friended me on Twitter, I assume because he listens to the experience, and yet I legitimately believe he had no clue that he had just aped my show. <laughs> that was what was. Yeah, no, I definitely. It's like 
I definitely don't think it was malicious. Show called Experience, and it's about experiencers. Yeah, dude, you friended me. (laughs) What are you talking about? I post every week my show. What do you mean? (laughs) Well, here's here's a prediction, Jeremy, for you, based on my theory of how all this works. He will destroy you. Uh, (laughs) As far as oh Jesus, as far as listenership numbers, he will blow you away. So there you are. <laughs> I'm used to that. Wow. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. There was a funny. Yeah, I don't even know what to say. I don't want to embarrass the guy because I feel I feel now like we're just laughing at him. So, but yeah, somebody, somebody launched a show. Was about to launch a show that had the same, almost the same name as any show with the same concept. Completely, like I said, I don't think it was malicious. Like I don't think the dude. No. I don't think no. he had any because he because he changed the name of the show once you pointed it out. And it was like, there's no, who would do that? You know, that would be so a bad idea. <laughs> oh God, very weird. There's your trickster at work. Like, like what the fuck is that all about? Sucks. He bought oh, a domain man. Oh. and everything. Yeah, he bought a domain name. He started like a, he, he had a Facebook page and everything. And then, like once you mentioned it, all of a sudden everything changed. And it was like, oh, well, that's. At least it wasn't like, "Hey, fuck you, man! I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to war with you." Oh God, I don't know about you guys, but the yeah, I was I was setting it up to joke about how I hoped to wrap up the interview, asking what it's like in a post podcasting world, uh, retirement or whatever. And it's like, because you guys have done that, but I feel like that's been the whole like theme of the show in a lot of ways, like asking the questions. It's not just about uh, asking the big questions, but it's like asking why the fuck we were even asking these questions in the first place. You know, once you get to that <laughs> point, it's like, what is what, yeah. what the fuck? What the fuck are we talking about here? You know. Yeah. But I was feeling nostalgic as that. I'm, I, I, I do. It's funny when we were coming up in all this. It was like <laughs> there were like weird podcast wars and shit. And now, now we're older, and like most of those other people, I've either just completely blocked them on all of social. social they, they, they exist somehow, but I've eliminated them from my world. Um, but it's just funny uh, some of those weird memories uh, coming up in all this. Although there yeah, is there is one special person who you do still stick it to every now and again. <laughs> oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. A certain beggar. Well, you know. A certain, a certain Uber driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll say all. Oh, boy. All I'll say is this. When it comes to paranormal podcasting, <laughs> when it comes to paranormal podcasting, there's only one cash for gold standard, and I think we all know who that is. <laughs> yeah. He's a broken toy. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, but th- that shit, you know, it's like I'll, I guess I'll miss, <laughs> I guess I guess I'll miss like uh, some of these ridiculous morons. But I feel like, you know, I don't know. I, I I feel ridiculous putting him over, but I don't know. But I think you guys would appreciate. It. Have you heard? Um, have you heard Aaron Gullius's podcast, uh, Saucer Life? No. Nope. It's really, really good. It's very different. He doesn't have any – he just sort of tells a story about different contactees and abductees. I don't know if abductees, but contactees and stories from saucer lore. And it's very, like, NPR-ish. 
and it was like I, I heard I listened to the first couple seasons of it. I haven't caught up recently, but I was just like, "Holy fuck, this is like this is good. This is good paranormal podcast, man. Like this is really good." I almost think that, you know, as as he I had him on the show, we were talking about it. It's like, in a way, the whole the whole classic paranormal radio format is like. It's just been so oversaturated and overdone. Where it's like, here's the guest this week, and we're going to talk to them about their book. It's like, Jesus Christ, there's a million podcasts and a million guests and everything. It's just been done to death almost. It's very hard to do. I guess is the is the is the point I'm trying to make. There are either you there. Or say that. Yeah. Vaney, how do you find, what do you have for guests on your experiencer show? Like actual people? Did we lose Vaney? Did we lose Jeff? Jesus Christ. I'm here. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, we lost Vaney. All right, he'll be back in a moment. All right, well, I guess the point, (laughs) weird. I guess the point I was trying to make, Jeff, was, uh, Someone says, Tim, you insult everyone. I don't think so. Uh, um, <laughs> I think that the, for as great as it is, I mean, it's like classic rock. Interviewing people is awesome, and that's, you know, it's a standard of all, you know, forms of journalism and media and all that other shit. But it's like the yeah. the idea of, like, what used to be crazy and original back, like, in the 90s and shit was like, here, let's, let's interview this UFO researcher and shit. It's like, there's just... It's just completely been just, uh, you know, it's an ocean of interviews now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, that, you know, when we started Paratopia, I, I told Jeremy, I said, you know, I remember, because it, it, right before we started that show, um, I remember, I remember the feeling that this, this whole endeavor gave me, which was this sense of this being heavy and, and, uh, and and very uh, I don't know what the word is prickly like you had to watch every word that you said and how every word that you said would be taken um, and I remember saying to Jeremy you know I remember when this you know probably I don't know I don't know somewhere ten years prior where this used to be kind of um, you would get together with people that you liked and you would kind of joke around but then you'd get into these serious discussions. And I remember yeah. that that used to be an enjoyable thing to do. Um, and you, if you if you if you had a couple of laughs, uh, that 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 helped you to loosen up with people and it helped you to talk about things you might not otherwise talk about. I guess. Yeah. And um, and I said we could do a show like that where, you know, we just we try to make light of certain things like a political cartoon. Uh, but about this stuff, and what if we could do that, and people would laugh, and then they would stick with us long enough to to hear the st- about the stuff that matters, or talk about the stuff that to learn. Think is yeah. interesting. Yeah, and it worked. Man, did it work! And uh, you know, and uh, you know, like I said, we just reached that point where, um, you know, where where it's uh, uh it just became too cyclical like we weren't there was yeah. nothing new coming for us in that period and and I'm not going to lie and, and if Jeremy's back on the line he'll tell you I mean this is 
you know, when we talk about uh, infighting and tricksterism and all that, all those things that happen by virtue of what you're involved with, um, you know, I mean, we've gone through our own set of things about that. I mean, we've gone through our own, you know, disagreements. We've had our own falling ins and outs and, you know, and there's, there's no way about it, but you know, that, uh, you know, the familiarism can breed contempt in this stuff. And that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, oh yeah, sure. I, I, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. And so, you know, um, you know, we, I decided, you know, like, let's do Paratopia again, but let's do it when we feel like doing it. And we'll keep the website, but we don't have to, like, tell ourselves to make it happen. And, uh, I will say this. the I've learned, if I learn anything this final season, it's that, it's that a, as crazy as it sounds, like, a podcast is a lot easier to do if you, like, actually commit to a, to a, a set, like, time and day. Like, I've managed to hit almost yeah. every week since May, and I'm, like, still stunned as I go along, that I'm, like, holy fuck, I've hit every, you know, I I think I've skipped, like, maybe two weeks over the last, like, nine months or whatever. It's, like, holy shit. Uh Uh, Where before it was, like, when I feel like doing it, and that says more about me, in a sense, where it's, like, when you're, when you say, I'll I'll do the show when I want to do it, and then you don't end up doing it very often, it's, like, that just tells you that you really don't want to do it very often, you know what I mean? It's, like, the ultimate litmus test. Yeah, that is exactly it. You know, like you need to, um, at a certain point, uh, it, it's it's got to be the kind of thing where you you really love doing it and you're on a tear of some kind, uh, digging through something interesting, uh, or you're not. And if you're not, um, you know, I like I I I said to Jeremy, I said I subscribe to the Jacques Vallée way of doing things. When you have something to say, say it. When you don't, don't. <laughs> You know, yeah. and uh, and that's kind of um, that's kind of where I mean, my only the only thing that I really have going forward for me is uh, that I really want to do uh, kind of a YouTube series, um, which I can do now that I have my Macintosh back and can edit video again. Um, I really want to do something that uh, people can watch because I think we've done I've done the audio I've done you know, the writing part of the blog, but what if I took some of the blog content, made that into something that somebody could watch? Um, yeah. Not necessarily with me on the screen, because nobody wants to see that, but, you know, what if I walked people through certain scenarios and, and did it in a watchable format? I think that could be fun to do. Um, and it might it might help uh, more people to kind of understand where I'm coming from with this stuff. But, uh, um but but that's the only thing, and I'm not, I'm in no hurry, <laughs> you know I'm in no hurry. Um, so right, right. Uh, you know, for me it's you know well, I, good, you know it's a good place to I, be because I, yeah, I'm kind of in the yeah, same way yeah. where it's like I'm going to wrap up the show shortly into the new year, and then it's it's like I, the world is my oyster. I have a million ideas of things I want to do. So and that's it, and that's where that's where your 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 passion will be. You know? Exactly, and uh, and you and I hate to say it, but you'll find it immensely more rewarding. Um, personally, I guess is the way the best way to put it. You know, like I've been doing a lot of painting lately, and I've painted two so far. Pa- painted two pictures that I feel good about, and uh, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm getting a lot more satisfaction out of that right now 
than anything in the paranormal realm at present moment, you know? And uh Right, right. And so, you know, I'm I'm looking to to uh my my immediate goals are I would really like to get licensed by Disney to paint Star Wars stuff, you know? And uh and so that's what I'm trying to go for. Um you know, and I, I, ain't, I ain't there yet, but uh, I'm going to keep plugging at it and see where I can go. And uh, and if it happens, great. And if it doesn't, I'm still having a blast. <laughs> you know? So yeah, exactly. there you are. All right. I'm trying to get Vanny back to call, call back in for a proper wrap-up. But uh, when I was talking about uh, what Aaron Goyus is doing um, – what I thought was interesting, too, I wanted to mention and credit you guys for. Uh, that's why I kind of wish Manny was on the line. But, uh, you know, you guys tried something different beyond that interview style yourselves when you, uh, you know, like, did a reformat where you tried to get people to fucking tell their stories. And it seems like maybe yeah. Manny eventually kind of got it got it working in a sense. Uh, oh, God. It says Manny can't call in. Oh, weird. Uh-oh. All right. Well, we lost Vaney, so. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Weird. All right. Yeah, because they say the show's over, so Vaney can't call in because the show's over. But, uh, uh, all right. Well, this is this is classic. This is Christmas party here, folks. Vaney, Vaney went out to right. have a cigarette, got locked out of the, got locked out of the fucking <laughs> restaurant, and he just called an Uber home. And that's, right. that's how the night ended for Vaney. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I'll finish. I'll finish putting you over here, uh, and Vanny, where it's like you know you guys tried something different, and that was awesome. You know, and I, you know, Aaron's doing something really different, and it's like there's there's a there's a real need or or sort of a a real crying out for like different shit in this in this field. Not not even just different oh, thinking, yeah. but like just different different presentation of this stuff. Because like you can't keep just interviewing the guy with the latest book over and over again. It's not working. Or at least it's not entertaining to me and and the people who are into this stuff for a long, long time. Yeah. But I agree. We'll see, uh you know, we'll see where, where the medium goes. All right. All right. Well, I I guess I'll wrap it up because I feel bad dragging people past these. some some guests get really tired and shit and it's like uh <laughs> <laughs> So I feel bad. I know you're you're fucking super busy. So um, I got five hours ahead of me still, so I'm good. Well, when you say that, now I'm tempted to. Nah, I don't want to even fucking get on this don't, don't long thing. <laughs> I've wasted so yeah, much. I joked with somebody on the show <laughs> like last week, or it was like they're gonna look back on this final season because you know some years it was like. It was like the year of 2012, where it was like, what do you think's going to happen? Every guess was like, what do you think's going to happen in 2012? You know, and it's like this year, it's like, right. they're going to look back and be like, who the fuck was this Tom DeLonge guy, and why Why everybody cares so much about him, you know? <laughs> yeah, let's hope. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's a part of me that thinks, like, Someone's going to try some kind of, like, weird, like, orchestrated disclosure, like a, sh- a shitty version of disclosure. It's only going to half work. Yeah. But it's like, to me, it's like, huh, whatever, just enough with that shit. I don't even you know think what it's I mean? going to be that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no one's going to take I, it seriously. I, I think, I, Plus, I know, I, know I think, 
I think Greg Bishop disagrees with me, but I think, you know, this is like Benowitz 2.0. I really, I really think that's, that's what's going on. Yeah, that's, that's the perspective I've heard. And uh, yeah. I was talking to Stan Friedman to set up the holiday special, and I mentioned to him because he had the best line, like, in 2008, where he's like, people don't care about disclosure. They're worried about foreclosure. <laughs> like, that's exactly. This is true, yeah. Right, and that was that was they were you know now look at what's going on in the world. It's like it's like yeah. you think people are going to give a fuck about UFOs when like Donald Trump's the president, and we're about to go to nuclear war, or else they're going to force right. him out of power, and God knows what he's going to fucking do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it, uh, Tom DeLonge being involved in this is certainly random, you know. So I I couldn't imagine anything more random happening, you know, than a rock star coming into this and doing what he's doing. So, um, well, it's know, like a reality uh, star being elected president. Yeah, I mean, I think if I think if Greg Bishop, I mean, he's a he's a wise dude. Greg Bishop is, and you know, when he says uh, uh, mirror the obliqueness of the subject, he's right. I mean, that's you know, if that's any uh, if that's any hallmark to look out for, then you don't get much more random than that. So, well, if you have time, I do want to actually. Do, it's funny because uh, what I just said kind of embodies how I feel in a way. Because it's like I find a lot of this shit less interesting now, mm-hmm. and I believe this is genuinely like a phenomenon that you could put over the paranormal, like as a blanket in a sense, where it's like this fucking reality show of reality has become too engrossing to really care about a lot of this other shit where it's like the 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 fact that like we're living in this crazy fucked up world is way more paranormal than like UFOs and shit to me in a sense you know what I'm saying um yeah but I think uh and it's like post 9-11 believe me I don't believe me I don't um I don't disagree that um that the perception is out there that that everything is out of control and just absurdly ridiculous and you know truth has been you know circumvented and obviously done done so um but uh but I also think that that uh I also think people need to get perspective away from the media I think the media is fueling so much of this you know yeah we're on the ship of fools and we're running aground. I mean, I think that that's just not what's going on. Um, you know, I mean, in truth, uh, you know, is Trump everything that, that people say he is, yeah, he is. Um, but, but that said, I, you know, I mean, it's a temporary figure in politics and yeah, there are things going on that are alarming, but hasn't there always been alarming things going on? Um, right, it's yeah. just that now we don't we don't have this we don't have this person in that chair that we feel comfortable with. And okay, that's fine. But um, you know, but uh, you know, I do think that the media has worked the American public into a fucking frenzy, and um, and that's something that we need to get over. We need to stop being played. I think we're all being played, not only by this this uh jackass in dc but i think you know we're being played by the media and oh yeah um, for sure and i think yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean they set think, this whole thing yeah, up they're, dude they're, they're the ones who got them fucking elected oh yeah the, the fucking inundation of this shit from the time you pick up your phone in the morning to the time you go to bed after watching tv 
it's like it's in your face all the time. We gotta disconnect people, you know? Like seriously. Right, right. You need to unplug, you need to like go for a hike, you need to go antiquing, you need to go sit with your grandpa and let him tell you stories. I mean, just do something else. Um, you know, so for me it's like I get up in the morning, I read Facebook, that's like the news for me. <laughs> Past that, I go to work and I come home and I paint and I don't see another thing the rest of the day. So yeah, you know, um, you know, all, all yeah. I, I noticed know you is, got you know, a lot more. Yeah. Um, there's some people that went off the fucking deep end after the election. Like, uh, I mean, God bless yeah. him. I love Alfred Lemberg, but every day it's like some <laughs> po- poem about <laughs> about Trump. Yeah. Trump <laughs> you know. The villainy right. of Trump, right. Right. and it's like I love right. them. They're they're fantastic poems, but it's like Jesus, Alfred, get out of the house. Like do right. something. Do right. And, and 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 he lives in Alabama for fucking God's sakes. Like get out of Alabama <laughs> first of all, dude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, especially it, what's going on just, down there. Uh, yeah. It's it's just uh, you know it. And and this has happened before too. I mean, we've we've been in this um, we've been in this kind of media induced frenzy before. And you know, uh, I'm a firm believer in everything will be fine, everything will everything will move forward just as it always has, and we'll be disappointed and we'll be disenfranchised and we'll be aggravated and pissed off. And the next person we put in that seat. Everyone will rejoice, and then in four years after that, everybody will hate them, and we'll go to a new love. It's just it's this fickle notion of what everybody thinks is right, and uh, right, you know. But I can say, you know, what isn't right is, you know, um, uh, or take it however you want. I mean, what isn't right is, you know, that uh, for years, um, you know, one thing the media has gotten right, I should say. Uh, that for years, you know, it's it's um, somehow in our world and in our culture, it's been accept- acceptable to um, to abuse our our women. You know, somehow that's been acceptable, and I'm I for one am really glad um, that it's not anymore. And I'm glad that people are being held to account who act like to drink the planet Earth and think that it's okay to, you know. Act in act in the ways that they are with women. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with on. you. Like when I hear these stories, like they're completely, like I'll be, you know, I, they're completely foreign to me in a sense. Where it's like Jesus Christ, dude. Like I just couldn't, you know, I wouldn't force myself on someone like that. That's just yeah, fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear the well, story. You know, or like, who I, are these people? <laughs> like, right. You know, even if it's like, the, even if it's the gumption to do that, you know? Yes, yes, exactly. Like, where it's like, oh, he just whipped his penis out. And when I came right. into his office, it's like, <laughs> I never in my it's, life would I fucking ever consider doing that. Are you crazy? And, <laughs> like, and that's the difference. And see, that's the difference. You know, it's like, I think, I think what people don't realize, and I'll tell you, I saw this because I worked in the entertainment industry for. Uh, more than a few years, and I met celebrities, and and I got to the point where celebrity did not impress me anymore. And and the one thing that my business partner told me, who was in that business a lot longer than I ever was, he said to me uh, when I had an instance with a particular celebrity that that didn't agree with, I I, I didn't I had a problem with. Uh, he just said to me, 
Jeffrey, there's one thing you have to understand about this business is that these people don't live in the same world that we do. Right. And I said, what do you mean? He says, they don't live in the, they don't have the same concerns, worries, or, or, or they, they don't concern them things with the things that we do. Um, he said, they are, live on a whole different level from what you and I do, and it's not reality. And, um, and so when I see these people talking like the Matt Lowers and the others like him, um, that's all that comes to mind for me is, is my business partner saying these people don't live in the same reality that we do. And yeah. that may seem to make some kind of weird sense. You know, it's like, no, you or I would think that that's absurd to do that kind of crap. But to them, they live in a world where that's okay. And I'm glad yeah. that finally, finally, that, that, you know, if this president hasn't done anything um, positive, I think that's the one positive thing that's happened is the Me Too uh, thing is, is running wild right now, and it needs to get wilder. And, uh, yeah, for sure. You know, and it needs to, the fucked up part is that totally he... needs to, to need, needs to be exposed and needs, these people need to be shamed and they need to lose their jobs, you know? And it's Absolutely, just, uh, yeah. you know, I think that's a real, that's a real great turning point for our culture. I think in general that this is happening, you know, it may hurt now, but Hey, whatever, you know. I thought Kevin yeah. Spacey was a great actor, but I'm sorry, I don't think he's so great anymore. You know? Um Yeah. So I mean, it is what it part is. of me worries about part of me worries about what's gonna happen next week at that with that election down in Alabama because it's like we're also mm-hmm. pivoting to a society where it's like the ends just there's a there's a there's a segment of society that are just ends justify the means. And they're willing to Mm -hmm. fucking, you know, there are people who say, I'd rather vote for this guy. I don't care if he's a pedophile. Uh, I'm going to vote for him. I'd rather a pedophile in Congress, in the Senate, than than someone who, than a Democrat. It's like, (laughs) dude, once you get into that kind of tribalism, it's like, this is really fucked up, man. Like, this is really fucked up. You know, what's really, you know, in a way kind of fascinating about that in a a weird way is that – I've noticed the psychology of this sort of person that will that will do that. Because I, every time I see a political post that is, you know, the opposite of what I think in the most extreme way, uh, I go to that person's Facebook page and I look and I see what they talk like and I see how they act towards other people, uh, oh, not nice, only towards yeah. women, but but towards every. Like I will look at what person is this? What what do they look like? And they all tend to look the same to me. Um, you know, they, they tend to have a, um, a need to be, and this is the best word I can think of for them. It's a contrarian, you know? Um, and I've had, I've had these people tell me flatly, I love it when the president does something so outrageous that all you libtards can do is cry about it. I live on you crying out about it. (laughs) Yes. And that says a lot, I think. I think that says yeah. right there that what they're looking for isn't progression of, you know, a, a healthy America a or a healthy society. What they're looking for is to needle somebody to provoke a reaction that, you know, is negative. These are the people that thrive on attention. Yes. Yep, troll culture. Yes. And I, 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 you know, I'm probably sick about such things, but that's what I just noticed like not long ago, and I thought, wow. 
that's really what they're thriving on. They're not thriving on the political view. They're thriving on, you know, how much can you piss off the other side that isn't me? <laughs> right. So, yeah. And you find that in ufology. You find that in the paranormal. You find it everywhere. So it's not just uh, it's not just in that venue. It's everywhere. So very interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, you hit the nail on the head. I said that last week uh, talking to Bruce Rux or uh, – or Paul Kimmel was like, this whole attitude of, like, vote for the worst. <laughs> I blame – there's a whole generation of people that were like, well, just vote for Sanjay to be on American Idol because it will be funny. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, considering the margins of the election, just those people could have swung it <laughs> to Trump. It's like, right. no, dude, don't yeah. – you, you, as soon as I sound like get off my lawn, it's like you millennials are fucking idiots. Don't, don't vote for the reality <laughs> star because it will be funny. Right. Oh God. I know. Well, how do you like? How do you? Uh, I'll ask you this, and then we'll wrap it up. How do you think it's going to end, though? How do you think this this thing's going to end? Because with the Flynn thing, I'm like, uh, I I I I feel oh, like oh. they're getting they're setting the stage for like trying to impeach him, but at the same time, it's like he's such a fucking wild card that I I. I won't feel safe until he's not the president anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh um well I think that it's going to be shocking. Um I don't think that I don't think that I mean certainly we're not hearing the full extent of what has what has Mueller's investigation uncovered. Certainly certainly we don't know all that's been discovered yet. Um, yeah. But I think that um, – how do I think it's going to play out? I think, I, think that, uh, um, I think that we better get used to saying President Pence, and, um, you know, and, and as much as I don't like him either, uh, at least I know – or I think that I know that he seems a little bit more grounded than what we've got. But no, I, I think it's going to be a shock. I think one day they're going to come forward and they're going to say – you know, he's either been removed from office or, or he resigns. You know, um, or he's arrested. Or I mean, it's, I think it's going to be that shocking. Yeah, um, I think you're right. And I'm not. Um, I'm not, and I hate to say it, but I'm. 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 I. I feel like you. I feel like. I feel like unsafe. <laughs> but at the same time, um, you know, I don't look forward to. I don't look forward to a, a president being removed from office. Like that's not. I, you know, yeah, I've no, only I seen that once before in my life, and that's not a good place for the country to be. But at the same time, well, you yeah. know, it would certainly, it would certainly, I think, make a lot of people feel better. Um, and I think it's certainly, judging by the decisions that that the man has made for the country as of late, uh, particularly, in, you know, with uh, with regard to, uh, um, well, not only the tax, you know. Scam, but the um, you know the, the the taking of like what eighty plus percent of uh, some national parks now are going to be right, open right, for yeah. doing all sorts of oil drilling. What, I mean, what, what? Right. Uh, I mean, that alone is abhorrent, and um, and uh, and so I think for those things it's going to be fine. But I I think it'll be a shocking. I think it'll be shocking. I think you're going to be yeah, like, I what? Think... Oh my, my God, it's over? Like, this is, holy shit. I think it's going to be that kind of moment, you know? <laughs> you're absolutely right, I think, because uh, 
I uh, I saw uh, one of those little segments that Keith Oberman was doing for GQ, and he said that in the uh, when all that Monica Lewinsky shit was like hitting the fan, he was doing like an Access Hollywood or Entertainment Tonight or whatever interview with somebody for the new fall season on NBC, and he got a call from the news director or president or whatever, and they were like, uh, yeah, we're pretty sure the president's going to resign tonight at 8, so uh, we need to fucking yeah. fly to the studio or whatever. And he was like, that was how it ended. You know, that's, you know, it, it didn't happen that way, but that's how right. it would have, it will go down if it does go down. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I sit here and I hear the little alerts on my phone and I think to myself, like, one of these days it's going to alert and then go bing, 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 and I'll, and I'll look at my phone and it'll be like, Trump resigns. I think that's how it'll yeah. happen. You know? Yeah, I think it will so. be it will be a, a very big surprise. I, I really do. You know, or I think yeah. that the revelations that come forward are going to be like, oh my god! Like I think, uh, who was it? And you'll know more than my, than me because I I honestly I can't subject myself to it long enough to really get a complete and total picture. Oh, I'm a but, total yeah, I'm a total yeah, like I'm, junkie. On so this I'm a totally here, yeah. bad guy to be talking about this stuff, but but um, you know uh, somebody now. They the 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 investigation. They've stopped talking to them. Uh, like they were cooperating, and now they're not cooperating. And now Mueller's investigation has stopped discussing it with him, which says to me that you know shit's about to get real. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, um, you're like a week behind. Um, do you know Michael okay. Flynn or no? Do you know yeah, Michael okay. Flynn? Yeah, he, yeah. he told he told Trump's lawyers he wouldn't talk to them anymore, and then he cut a deal with the FBI and uh, pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI in exchange to flip on the Trumps. So, oh, okay, that's yeah. And the deal now is like, well, okay, what does he know, and what's he telling the the feds? And uh, my theory, having just listened to you, uh, sort of thinking about well, how I respond, it was like. I could see them coming into Trump and being like, okay, this guy flipped, this guy flipped, this guy flipped. But here's what we have on Kushner, your daughter, your two sons, and they're all going to jail for like 40 years each. So either resign now or we're going to go ahead with this. Right. And he'll fucking resign. And he'll end up being like the martyr of the morons. That's the thing that you, know, <laughs> you mentioned before yeah. where it's like if he – even if they take him out of office, like – He'll forever be this figurehead of these people, and honestly, there's an inherent weird fucking fetish for authoritarianism in this country that manifested itself with Trump, and mm-hmm. next time they're not going to fucking roll out uh, a reality star who says stupid shit. They're going to roll out someone who's slick and knows what they're doing, and well, this country's going to fucking walk its way into like the Fourth Reich. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's um uh I think what what bothers me more than uh the notion of of you know having this president and and now, you know, apparently like you know, the downward slide to to him being gone and all of that. I uh, I think what is more disturbing than that is is that we now know that there is this 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 portal where someone like him can be president, yeah, that somebody right, can exactly, be elected yeah. like this. That's what that's there's what that thirty percent we're alluding to. That's what is is the that's the bit that we have to address. That's the that's the bit that has to be, um, you know, we have to make sense of that, and then we have to figure out how do we course correct that. You know, can we course correct that? 
And um, and I feel like we can. I feel like, you know, this is, you know, uh, I'll tell you what I feel like this is, Tim. I'll be really honest with you. I feel like this is the last gasp of this sort of moronic stuff. Like this is the backlash from having our first black president. I feel like this is the, you know, the, the you know, the torch carrying moron brigade, the last gasp of air. Um, and, you know, and that's what it is, you know, and from here forward, maybe it, it just, it extinguishes itself. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I've seen way too many Trump supporters now have turned on him. Um, you know, I just can't imagine, I can't imagine, um, can't imagine having, having, having voted for, uh, having, being someone who having, having voted for him now seeing what their vote has wrought. I can't believe that there's not more people going, this is not what I signed up for. You know, this is not what we were told was going to be. And, oh, I'm um, sure there are, but they don't want to admit it. You know, they're just kind of like, and that's oh, it. fuck, you know. Yeah. Well, because it, you know, it makes them look like they got played and it makes them look dumb. And, you know, right, exactly. I've, yeah. said for, I've said now for months that nobody need worry about feeling like, like that because people got bamboozled. Like, so what? Everybody gets taken at one time or another in their lives. Like, this is not a crime, and it doesn't mean you're stupid. You know, what's stupid is right, not exactly. admitting so that's the... that you got taken. <laughs> That's the frustrating part too, where it's like I look at dude. I was like all bullish on Obama and shit when I uh, voted for him. But then, like after he went in and shit, after, when it was all said and done, I was like, okay, that wasn't quite what I signed up for, man. Like this guy didn't really right. do what I thought he would, you know. But I was willing to have that self-examination where I was like, okay, dude, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't. <laughs> he failed me in this, that, and the other way. With some of these other people, it's like they don't want to fucking admit it, you know. And even back right. then, I would admit it. Like, look at dude. I liked Obama, but one it's ironic because Trump doesn't get invited on any fucking shows. But it was like my big complaint with Obama was like, dude, he's on Ellen Tonight Show, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon every fucking every week. Obama's on a different a different show. Right? Like, you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. And yeah. you know, obviously, no one wants Trump on their show now. But I had plenty of complaints with them. These people now, they just don't want to like admit that they fucked up or or, or uh, criticize yeah. them and shit. So right. <laughs> it's very frustrating. It's quite a circus. All right, brother. Well, it's 1030, so I should probably let you get going. Sorry, Vaney. Uh, yeah, I had to skip out. Yeah, me too. You know how it is. Old Vaney with his married I life do. now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't uh, I can't put you over enough, man. Vaney just literally texted me to say, are you still going? So he's, he's like home. He's the Uber just dropped me off, and I'm <laughs> – the Uber dropped me off, and maybe I can get in on my Skype. No, he's not saying that. He just says, are you still going? But he says, tell the people I love them. Well, I love oh, you guys, yeah, man. I really do uh, – you know, I, I I had to hound you in a sense because I know you didn't really want to do this. I know you didn't want to. <laughs> That's not true at all. That is not true at all. No, Folks, no, I was on the I, phone I mean, with Vaney, and all of a sudden Jeff called in where it was like – I'm like, oh, Jeff's calling you to tell me, say what the fuck has been all doing. But I wanted to do this because you guys, you know, uh, I interviewed a lot of people over the years on the show, but you guys were like brothers in arms because oh, you were part of the podcasting yeah. world. And, um, yeah, you know, right? yeah. talking to you guys tonight, you know, like I said, makes me nostalgic of the, the, the weird podcast 
wars and the, oh, yeah. uh, as I said, the cat, the cash for gold standard, and all the other fucking lunatics in this field. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, well, you guys I, tried I to push wanna, the envelope just... and did amazing <laughs> stuff. Well, thanks, Tim. I, I appreciate it. But let's let's let me let me just say this as as you close the door here. Um, you know what what you have done for over a decade now, right? So what you have done, oh yeah. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, at least in podcast world, or even even in radio land for that matter, um, I think that you have been able to uh, to bring more guests and more discussion to this topic than and this topic and other topics in in this whole weird world of strange stuff. Um, than I've seen anybody be able to do. And I think that for you to have done that for as many years as you've done it and to be successful doing it speaks volumes to your talent to be able to bring these people on the air and ask intelligent questions and have a frank discussion that still maintains productivity to to, to, to today. You know, like it's still doing that today. So I thank you for that um, and for all the years that I've listened and and, uh, for all the shows that I've missed that now I can catch up on. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, you go. like I'm serious, man. You're, well, thanks, man. you're head thanks, and shoulders thanks. above, you know, the Steinbergs and the Heralds and the everybody else. I mean, banal for me is always going to be, uh, it's always going to be that place. So, um, so thank you. And, uh, and it was an honor to be, to be part of this tonight. I really appreciate it. Well, man, I wanted to have you on, man. I love you guys. You know, I, 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 I love I've been you saying, too, you know, all season long, so, you know, all these different folks we've had on the show that have been on for so many years, you know, you guys aren't just guests and shit. You're not just friends. You're family, man. This is the this is the show. Absolutely. You know? And I really do Absolutely. appreciate it. And uh, it's been a fucking awesome it. run. And we're gonna have so much fun, you know, after this, man. You know, so we're oh, gonna yeah. have all kinds of fun. So. Oh yeah. It's gonna be a good time. <laughs> well, thank you very much, man. Done. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for all the memories, and uh, we'll see what happens next. And have a merry Christmas. And Vaney says have a Merry Christmas uh, and all that good stuff, too, folks. Beautiful. All right, brother. Thank you. Good night. Uh, You got it, boss. Take care now. Bye-bye. There you go, folks. It was the uh, Paratopia Christmas party here with Jeff Ritzman, Jeremy Vaney. Of course, Vaney had to catch an Uber home. God knows what he was up to. Probably took some of those Hawaiian mushrooms in honor of the Christmas party. And, uh, you know, he got disconnected like three times. Ah, that's fanny for you. Uh, what's going on? We're not going to do a show next week because we're going to go headlong into the holiday special, the 13th annual BOA holiday special, uh, two weeks from tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time here on Banal of America. I believe that is the 19th of December. Stanton Friedman, of course, is the guest. And uh, so start sending your questions now. And we're going to try and uh, get to as many as possible. And as I noted uh, on last week's or two weeks ago on Thanksgiving, you know, this isn't the last holiday special. I'm going to keep doing these as long as me and Stan are around. So, I mean, at this point, well, we're at 13 now. I want to get all the way to 20 someday. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be absolutely amazing. So we're going to keep doing the holiday special and uh, the next edition of the Holiday Special is in two weeks, uh, December 19th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, join us, will you? I just felt like it was not the point to do a show between the Christmas party and then the Holiday Special. And let's face it, there's so much going on this time of year. I'm so busy. 
to do the show takes me one night on Tuesday night to do the show, and then another night later in the week to put all the bells and whistles together for Banal of America. So it's like, dude, take a week off. It's the holidays, man, and that's what I'm going to do. So in two weeks, it's the holiday special with Stan Friedman. And uh, so until then, go buy your gifts and stuff, man, and uh, get back with me on the 19th to uh, celebrate the holidays with Stanton Friedman. And until then, this is Tim Benall, thanking you for listening. <laughs>